Hey, Drinking Buddies. A couple things before we get into this week's episode. First and foremost, if you are in the Los Angeles area on Halloween, come down to Spearmint Rhino Torrance. Jimmy G, Brandy Brocado, your favorite adult performers, and myself are going to be hosting an epic karaoke party and costume contest. It's going to be an amazing time. Say my name at the door for free cover. Come party with us. Now that's out of the way. This week's episode is brought to you by the video versions of it. Now we drink. I know I've been slow to update the video versions, guys. I've decided that I'm going to get to the backlog when I get to the backlog. I'm dropping everything that's done. By the time this airs, everything should be live on Vimeo. So expect like a bunch of episodes to be on Vimeo by the time you get there. And check them out at www.anwd.net slash videos. Once again, that is www.anwd.net slash videos. The individual videos are 99 cents a piece. Six bucks will get you all the videos. And going forward, when the audio version drops on Thursdays, the video version will not be far behind it because I do them both at the same time now. I was trying to get the backlog done before I dropped all the current videos, but I have a bunch of other projects going on right now, and I'm just not getting caught up. So I might as well just drop what we got and stop denying you guys the awesomeness that is probably a fair amount of nudity. So, yeah. This week, we were also brought to you by our friends at Vinyl Me Please. Vinyl Me Please is the record in the month club. The best damn record in the month club. In fact, every month, Vinyl Me Please features one album that is essential to the modern vinyl collection. Each record is pressed exclusively for Vinyl Me Please and has features you can't get anywhere else. Things like bonus tracks, inserts, color variants, and comes packaged with a 12 by 12 album-inspired art print and custom cocktail pairing recipe. What else could you ask for? Rad vinyl, custom art, and a brand new cocktail recipe to sip while you listen to your new record. And Vinyl Me Please isn't like Record in the Month Clubs of old. It's month to month, no strings attached, cancel anytime. So if you want to expand your vinyl collection today, go to www.joinvmp.com slash ANWD. Once again, that is www.joinvmp.com slash ANWD. We are also brought to you this week by Gamefly. Gamefly.com has over 8,000 new releases and classics available to rent for Xbox One, Xbox 360, PS4, PS3, PS Vita, Wii U, Wii and 3DS, as well as the old school systems. As a Gamefly member, you can rent as many console and handheld games as you want and get them delivered right to your mailbox for one low monthly fee. If you like a game so much that you want to send it back, you can keep it for a low-used price. There's never any due dates or late fees. Gamefly also offers the ability to rent Blu-ray and DVD movies as part of the regular service at no extra charge. Drinking buddies, video games are expensive. Before you drop your hard-earned coin on a brand new game, get it from Gamefly. Make sure you love it. Make sure you're not going to breeze through it. And if you're on Borderlands 3, hit me up. I've been playing way too much. Part of the reason I haven't been as productive as I need to be in the last two weeks. Sign up for your premium 30-day trial for free today. One game out, shipped directly to you with a pre-addressed envelope included for easy returns. No contracts, cancel anytime, and do that at www.gameflyoffer.com slash ANWD. Once again, that is www.gameflyoffer.com slash ANWD. We are brought to you by our friends at Laughable. Are you telling me you haven't heard about Laughable, the number one comedy podcast app on iOS? And if it's not number one on Android yet, it will be very soon. There have been some changes to Laughable. iOS users, it costs a little money now. But it costs a measly $2 a month for the best 
fucking podcast app out there. Because not only can you subscribe to your favorite podcast, you can subscribe to your favorite podcasters, comedians, and other personalities. When they make an appearance on another show, boom, right there in your subscription feed. On top of that, very soon, Laughable is going to start producing exclusive content for the Laughable Insider users. So for your measly $2 a month, you're going to get exclusive content. It's going to be amazing. And on top of that, Laughable still makes recommendations in the app. It is the best fucking podcast app you can get. So go to the App Store, download it today, and find funny. My guest this week is adult performer slash comedian Kate Kennedy. Kate and I talk about everything from why L.A. doesn't have public trans to trends in the adult industry, a whole lot about stand-up comedy. This was a super fun episode, and unfortunately it got cut short because both me and Kate had hard outs. But she'll be on again real soon. In the meantime, sit back, relax, pop a cold one, and enjoy drinking buddies. There we go. Holy shit. So in real Hollywood problems, both Kate and I have hard outs tonight. <laughs> like, oh, we got to do other entertainment stuff. Sorry, guys. There'll be a shorter episode than usual. <laughs> Sorry about it. Uh, uh, comedy never sleeps. Right. Podcasts never sleep. No. It's like, oh, people are paying me to be somewhere. Uh, I got to show up. No one's paying me to be there. I just, you know. Well, you're putting a long-term investment in yourself. That's what I like to. That's what I tell my mom. Yeah. <laughs> How long have you been telling your mom that? Uh, about six months. Well, I've been doing stand-up for about six months. So, yeah, that whole time. Uh, but I think my, my parents were really uh, really happy that I was doing stand-up. I think I might be the only comic who's ever like told their parents they wanted to be a comic for a living. And their parents were like proud of them. My parents are just so grateful that I have clothes on. I'm like, oh, thank God. Oh, little do they know there's comedy shows where you're naked. I know. There are. Yeah, I got invited to one the other day. I was going to go. That sounds fun. Uh, one of the best things I ever saw was the Naked Roast out in New York. That's dope. I haven't heard of that. Yeah, they do it pretty regularly, but I saw it as part of Skankfest last year. Okay, cool. So cool. just butt naked people that should not be naked <laughs> making fun of each other. I feel like there's a, a large portion of the comedy community that I don't want to see naked. The majority of the I'm not going to lie. But it makes for a much better comedy roast because when they're just making fun of like physical appearance, mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, your small dick's just hanging out. <laughs> yeah, that would be hilarious. It, it was really fucking yeah. good. So what are your plans with the... Co- well, actually, what the hell's going on with you besides this open mic? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I, I do mics most nights. I try to go to mic. I try to go to like one or two at least every night. Um, I have a show coming up at the Comedy Store on Saturday night. Uh, this sadly won't be out by then. It will not be. Sorry. Um, but yeah, I have the show next week. So that's kind of cool. So I'm working on that and, you know, just hitting the pavement. Keep doing it. Fuck yeah. Are you going to be in the belly room or... Yeah, I'll be in the belly room. Um, I've been on the show. This will be like my fifth time on this show which is really cool um i love performing there it's it's my favorite place to perform it's the best fucking room in yeah, la it is it's great everyone wants to laugh it's the easiest laughs like my material that will get like a lukewarm anywhere else just kills there because people want to laugh and that's like the kind of crowd you want hell yeah because yeah. when you go to the world famous comedy store you are there to fucking have yeah. a good time no one's like mm, i want to go i guess i'll go to the comedy store i guess I any, uh. well i am sometimes i'm like i don't have anything better to do I'll go hang out which is but that's different yeah and then 
That's working. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's working. Yeah, and it's not like a mic where like everyone else is just like a jaded comic that like does like actively does not want to laugh. Like they don't want you to be funny. No, the last thing you want is other comics in the room. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Although I will say like most mics that I go to, uh, especially the one I go to tonight, is is really supportive, which is which is awesome. So you get like good feedback, and you actually do get laughs, which is nice. Awesome. Is it mostly just open micers or someone with? Some time in, pop in for them. Uh, no, this one's pretty much all open micers. Um, I go to somewhere like, you know, you might get a bigger person in there, but this one's all open mics. So I like this one, too, because it's so laid back. I feel like I can actually like try new stuff. And if it doesn't work, I'm just like, all right, fuck it, whatever. Well, and that's the point of fucking open mics. Yeah. Just work on new material. Mm-hmm. So what is your most of your material about? Uh, a lot of my material is about porn because um, it's just it's great fucking material i mean it writes itself it's fucking hilarious and people are interested in it too i i try to like not make it all about porn because i don't want to get pigeonholed that way but like you say porn and people's ears just prick up they get excited and i actually i was watching a show last night in the uh in the main room and i just started keeping track i was like i want to see how many of these male comics have a joke about porn it's like 90 percent of them about 90 percent have a a porn joke so it's like all right i can actually make this joke better because i have the experience behind it to like back it up which is kind of rad yeah most comedians the most i've ever seen important is finished product yeah exactly and they constantly i mean every single person has a joke about it which i think is really really funny which is crazy because it's making porn less and less taboo yeah I, which i mean that's great for me I'm, I'm really into that so that's good hopefully it'll get to a point where you're not held back by Oh, having a career in porn. Yeah, I mean, I think we're really getting there pretty close. Actually, I went so I went home for the first time in like two two years. I had been home in two years. I went home to see my parents this weekend. Uh, it went really, really well. We went to therapy for three hours on Saturday. Uh, we worked through a bunch of our shit, and actually, at one point, that did come up. And uh, their therapist, super cool dude, he just shut my dad right down. He's like, "Nope, absolutely not. That's not going to impact your career." Like, yeah, she can't teach kindergarten. She didn't want to teach kindergarten before this. Ooh, who, who the fuck wants to be around kindergartners? I know, right? Like, I feel like those are the mentally ill people. Like, you want to be paid a substandard salary to be around smelly, disease-ridden children? Yeah, to have people sneeze on you, basically, and scream and wet their pants. Yeah, no, I don't. I mean, that does kind of sound like porn, but whatever. <laughs> Porn's a little more glamorous. And it's a little better paid. Yeah. yeah. No, no one's ever given a kindergarten teacher a backstage pass for just being a kindergarten teacher that's true that's true i do get some pretty dope stuff it's kind of cool i don't i'm not somebody that like really leverages that a lot but like when it does happen it's cool oh yeah i'm sure the offers happen i've been around long enough to just watch friends of mine be like oh hey we're going to this concert backstage all access because i'm who i am hell a friend of mine who managed a band it was uh mayhem festival years ago i asked him for like guest list spots he's like well, technically, the band's willing to guest list your adult performer friend, and you can be her plus one. <laughs> like, this is my connect. What the fuck? Right? I know. Yeah, I'm going to Halloween Horror Nights. Like, next week, I scored, like, ex- like backstage ticket or whatever. Like, they were super cheap tickets because I, like, knew somebody through the industry, which was fucking rad. Uh, thank you, Todd. <laughs> um, I'm super stoked. I really wanted to go, and I really wanted to go to Harry Potter World. I've wanted to go, like, since I moved to L.A., uh, but nobody would go with me. And I also, like, I mean, it's a lot of fucking money. I went to Disney World or Disneyland for the first time this year. Disneyland's cool. It's not $250 cool. Fuck no, it's not. Fucking no. Like, it's, I was like, I like handed her my credit card and just the small part of me was like, that's like two weeks of groceries for me. Um, but yeah, so I ended up getting, yeah, because I knew somebody, which is, is fucking dope. I've gotten some free underwear. It's pretty cool. I get a lot of free sex toys. Too many. I'm like drowning. Start selling them. I, you know what? I am. I, I'm, uh, I have a bit about it actually where I'm like, I'm trying to Marie Kondo like my sex toys. <laughs> 
<laughs> but it's really hard because, uh, you know, like silicone is not recyclable and like you can't donate gently used Hitachi's to Goodwill. But I think it would be awesome if you could because they would be in the back with like the microwaves and the radios and shit where it's like, plug this in and try it. I think that'd Why be the dope. fuck not? It's a back massager. Right. Exactly. I'm sure you technically could, but I don't think they would take it. You should find out. Right. You should find out on camera. You should just have someone follow you in filming it. Like, I would like to. That would be amazing YouTube content. That would be really funny. That, but I donate stuff to that Goodwill all the time. So I'd have to go to like Van Nuys or something like one that I don't go to. Just get they off know set. me at the Hollywood one. Just get off set. Or actually, it'd be even funnier. Like, go donate stuff out, out of the closet. Be like, here, AHF. You fucking anti-porn motherfuckers. <laughs> That's hilarious. That would be really funny. Yeah, I like that. I do like that thrift store, though. I feel really guilty every time I shop there, but I get dope stuff there all the time. <laughs> it's like, ah, it's kind of like eating a Chick-fil-A. It's like, oh, I know I'm supporting a horrible, horrible business, but the goddamn the chicken. chicken is so, and the frost, and actually, I, yeah, that is definitely, it's exactly like eating a Chick-fil-A. I've been doing this thing where I donate like $10 a month to the human rights campaign, and I've just been doing that for like three years, and I always spend less than $10 a month at Chick-fil-A, so I feel like it evens out like karmically. But you're a little ahead of the game. Yeah. You're spending more than you are. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. One, I don't eat at Chick-fil-A every month because I don't live near Chick-fil-A. So I eat at Chick-fil-A if I'm like in Woodland Hills and I'm like stuck there. But I do like it a lot. Those bigots make good chicken. I oh, do. And they're so fucking friendly too, man. Like everyone that works there, I swear to God, like they would like change your tire, fucking save you, save a cat from a tree. I was mildly aroused the first time I went and they're like, how may I serve you? I'm like, oh, hey, hot driving girl how may you serve me huh <laughs> oh. well that may betray your christian values real quick <laughs> i've got some ideas this is how i deserve to be treated buying my 4.99 chicken sandwich i am a king <laughs> chicken sandwich in one hand hot hot drive through girl in another it's a weird porno fantasy <laughs> oh, i think it's really i think it would be really rad if that was a gay porno I, I think a gay porno with chick-fil-a employees would be fucking dope they should make that shit they should definitely make that shit. i mean it's a copyright infringement issue but i'm sure you could kind of like, oh you could definitely parody it. it yeah you could parody it yeah chick i'm sure we could come up with yeah. something oh, chick that... get chicks get laid make it a gay transport porn parody like yeah a, just really hit them where it hurts. Everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. I love it. Just ranch dressing sauce, Chick-fil-A sauce everywhere. I mean, if we could get a gay Ugandan, it would be even better. <laughs> I love it. You heard about all that garbage, right? What? So they've been killing Ugandans and the... indirectly because there's some religious genocide that Chick-fil-A's funding goes to. Oh, so. I did hear about that. Yeah, I heard about that this week. That's fucking crazy. Yeah. I'm not like surprised, but it's fucking terrible. It is. It's yeah. Oh, hey, we're supporting. Fuck, fuck off. Yeah, it's it's really weird how all of the like like conservative like right wing like Christian en- entities are just you're committing genocide. Like that's like low key their their thing. Committing genocide, throwing people in cages, not trying to get political, right. but just it's hard not to These abandoning fuck- our allies to support Turkey. Fucking man, I'm sorry to the Kurds. We suck right now. I'm sorry, guys. Yeah. America, not number one at the moment. Man, they give us there like goes all the hate months. <laughs> all the hate I'm going to get on the internet. Oh, America's not number one, Matt, huh? We haven't been number one for a while. Let's, let's be real. Like, if you've, if you've driven around Los Angeles, like, you know, we're not fucking number one. Like, it's a goddamn third world country out here. I, I saw a homeless man shooting bottle rockets onto cars at the 101 and laughing the other, like, morning, like, 8 a.m. in the morning. That's amazing. Yeah, I'm living in the Joker. Like, fucking, yeah. Do you know what happens when you call the Hollywood Police Department? Do you know what happens? It you goes don't to, get through. It goes to voicemail. Yeah, yeah. It goes to voicemail. You know the best way to get a response from them, right? How? Tweet at them. Tweet at them? Okay. Good to know. My roommate and I, we tweeted them when we have problems. Yeah? Okay, I'm going to start doing that. Yeah, there was, a, there was a guy masturbating my dumpster the other morning. I like looked out my window 
whoa, whoa, whoa. Why are you kink shaming him? <laughs> it was eight o'clock in the morning. There's, there's no, no good time to, to there's no good time to masturbate. There's Come no, on. I mean, just vigorously going at it, eight a.m., like middle of the dumpster. I'm not gonna lie, I did watch for a little while. Like it was, you know, but did I did you watch till you completed? No, no, I didn't watch that long. I, mean, I had to get to work and stuff, but I did. I called. I did call the police, and they did call me back. Uh, like four hours later, and they're like, "We'd re- we're really interested in uh in arresting him if he's still around." I was like, "That was no." Was he's hours, finished and gone on to another yeah. dumpster to masturbate in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you see a man masturbating in a dumpster in Hollywood, call the police because uh, he's a apparently a serial dumpster masturbator. Unless it's me, don't call. <laughs> don't call if it's me. It's just a rough time. You know, sometimes you just got to get the poison out. Going through some shit right now, man. Right. Just <laughs> stepping into the dumpster, trying to make it quick. I'm not trying to make eye contact with anyone while I'm doing it. <laughs> I mean, I would hope not. You know, that's, yeah. That, that's a power move, though. Well, it makes it very personal at that point. Where it's just like blocking eyes. Absolutely. And- Absolutely. Yeah, and I think, actually, I had to take out my trash that morning, too. So I just had this like conundrum of like, I don't know how to handle this. I, I don't think I took out my trash. I just left You should have given him a sex toy. Oh, man. That might have been. That would have been great. We would have solved a bunch of problems for us, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's fucked up. Fucked up. Called the police on a man when you could have just given him a Hitachi and been like, "Go plug this in at Starbucks, man." Right. This is gonna feel amazing on your taint, dude. Do you know about your prostate? Like, let's let let's level real quick. Stimulate that butthole. <laughs> Stimulate that butthole. Fuck yeah. You're like, what kind of fucking podcast did I sign I up for? I like this podcast. This is a good <laughs> podcast. I'm into it. I'm also glad we're drinking. I've been super hungover all day, so I'm so glad we're drinking. Oh, uh, I've had to do a couple sober shows recently, and it's like, ugh. Ugh, no. No, I don't do any sober shows. I Yeah. I try not to, but I was hosting oil wrestling at Blue Zebra on Saturday, and they're like, yeah. it's an AT&Up club, no alcohol. Like, but but oh. you booked me. Why <laughs> Why would you do that? Why would you book me? and not allow me to have alcohol can i bring a flask i don't have a problem i swear i've been doing this thing i have this theory um so i keep like a really shitty plastic bottle of vodka on my counter it's important it's on the counter not your freezer It has to be lukewarm and i don't buy any chasers because i figure until you're willing to drink like mccormick straight and warm you don't have a drinking problem so it's just they're taunting you'd be like you're still good right it's a it's like a richter scale you know but if i like go you're like okay i am gonna have a drink you know i'll put it in the freezer Get some chasers, you know, but th- those were steps to get there. It's not desperation. <laughs> Have you heard about Saucy? No. It's an alcohol delivery app. That is pretty rad. That's pretty rad. I tried to use Instacart today and it like fucked up. Like it wouldn't take my credit card. It kept like saying, like it kept saying there's like suspicious activity on your account. What, I have a drinking problem? That's not suspicious. <laughs> I was like trying to order like chips. I just was super hungover and lazy. I was like, I, I have no food in my house because I was just out of town. So I was like, all right, I need groceries. I'm not going to fucking drive to like Silver Lake to go to the grocery store because I go to Trader Joe's. And so I was like, okay. Ooh la la, Trader Joe's. Yeah. Well, okay, I live near John's and John's is like the crappiest supermarket in LA. Like John's fucking blows. It's like an off-brand Vons. And it's well, yeah, that's why their logo looks like, like it Vons. wants to be Vons. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's just full of like Armenian food, like Russian, like Soviet beer. Which, by the way, tastes like nickels. It's gross. I tried it. It's only like 75 cents bottle, but like still shitty. Sign me up. Yeah, right. <laughs> like I, I have some Russian heritage. I'm kicking it like the motherland. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of fun because you just like try all these foods you've never like heard of. But at the same time, like just the quality of everything there sucks. Like it's just the, the fr- like fruits moldy. Like everything's like about to expire. Like it's, it's fucking shitty. So I like go to the better supermarket. Anyways. Yeah, I spent like probably like I filled my car. I was like really stoked. I was like, yeah, man, like Instacart. I got free delivery. Like this is rad. And I went to like go check out and it said they sent me an email. They're like, there's suspicious activity on your account. 
And I like called them and I was like, I'm the suspicious activity. I know like I haven't done this in a while. I try not to do it because I feel like a fucking dirtbag ordering my groceries when I'm totally capable of going to get them. Um, And they're like, oh, yeah, we'll call you back. They never called me back. So fuck you, Instacart. I really wanted my Lay's potato chips. I didn't get them and I'm still grumpy about it. I got to know. The Internet needs to know what flavor of Lay's Uh, ranch. Yeah, ranch. I don't like sour cream and onion. I'm not an onion barbecue. Person. Barbecue all day. Not a barbecue person. They're too sweet. Get out. I'm sorry. The show's over. I thought we we're gonna be friends too. They, did you see that they just came out with a grilled cheese and tomato soup? Why don't we get ketchup chips like Canada? I know, right? Delicious. I agree. But they do. They're uh, coming out like at the end of this month. I think they launch like October 21st. Oh, right, we bonded again. It's yeah, cool. I'm we're- here for it. Apparently, they are really good, and I'm super fucking stoked to try them. I had a friend of mine in Canada send me some down. Nice, nice. I think you can sometimes get ketchup chips in the uh, kosher section at the grocery store. I've seen them there before. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Do they actually have the rabbi at the Lay's factory blessing the chips? Because it's not just kosher ingredients. A rabbi actually has to bless that mm-hmm. chip, right? Yeah, they're they're not uh, they're not like Lay's brand. They're like a it's like a kosher brand, but I've, I've definitely seen them there. So I like the little they have like little tea biscuit things. They're really good. I don't know. I would be amazed. I'm I'm honestly surprised that there's not a mustard flavor if they're kosher chips, right? I know, and also I love mustard. I'm a mustard person before ketchup for sure. I love mustard. You ever had mustard barbecue like down in South Carolina? Yes, I have. That is pretty good. That's pretty good. I like smoky or barbecue. I don't like super sweet. Um, but yeah, I, I'm not. A, I have to say, I'm not a huge barbecue person. I'm just not. Yeah, I mean, everyone's got their flaws. You know, right? It's okay to be wrong about things. Yeah, it, I'm wrong all the time. <laughs> I document it for the internet all the time. <laughs> right? I know. I'm just like I, I'm not embarrassed of anything anymore because I'm just like at this point, I'm just like my butthole's on the internet. Like I've done so many embarrassing things. I don't give a shit. Like. <laughs> Show your butthole to the internet. It's not embarrassing. Right. I mean, you know. I mean, I haven't seen your butthole. Maybe there's something horribly deformed about it. And it's. <laughs> no, it's. It's my. For anyone that's listening, my butthole is fucking flawless. Like, the, don't get it twisted. My butthole is, is amazing. And you can. You can totally. There's plenty of evidence of this. So you're going to go to Lloyd's of London and take out a fucking policy on it? <laughs> oh, man. No, I'm not. A, oh, what's his face? Uh, God. Who is it? He. There's a guy that has it. Oh, I can like see him in my head. Uh. Oh no, I'm not. I'm not Kieran Lee. I'm not Kieran Lee. I was about to say, have you had sex with him? <laughs> no, I haven't. I haven't. I've like never gotten booked with him. We've like talked. Like I know him. Because um, that'd be much funnier if you're like, oh, I had sex with him. Can't remember his name. But that's also a common occurrence in porn. That is a very common occurrence. Yeah, I've, I've definitely like I've forgotten people that I've worked with, and I feel really bad about it. But like, not everything is memorable. And I work a couple of times a week, so I'm like, I dude, sometimes. Sorry, dude, you didn't knock it out of the park or do something super weird. (laughs) Right. Or it's just, well, I mean, too, like there's a lot of times when I work, like I really work with like the same people over and over again. So like there's people like um, like I've worked with like Tommy Pistol like four or five times. I'm sure Tommy's Um, memorable every fucking time. Tommy's very memorable every time. Um, But like there's people like this. So I tend to work. I probably work with the same like five to seven male performers. So you're working with like 25 percent of them. Yeah, yeah. You just you just get booked. I think it's just a scheduling thing, and it's like rotation too. Of like, well, there's only like twenty five fucking male performers in the first place. There is, yeah. There's not very many. Um, they're they're way worse about forgetting us than we are about forgetting them. Well, they're having sex with a lot more, y'all. They are, they are, and they do. I get it. They blur together because, like, I I'm worse at remembering girls than I am guys too. Like, I've definitely banged girls I don't remember. Well, and it's one of the unfortunate parts about the industry is some people have like a couple month shelf life, and it's like. Oh, unless I've had sex with you a lot of times, probably won't remember you. Right. I don't. Why am I talking like I'm a fucking performer? <laughs> I mean, I forget people too. But I saw this tweet today and it was fucking great. I was like, I haven't learned anybody's name since 2011. I've just been calling everybody buddy. I was like, yes, 
I feel that. This is why I take pictures with people and I put them in my phone. Like, okay. That's really smart. That's really, because I'm not good with, you know, some people are like, oh, I'm, I'm bad with names, but I'm good with faces. I'm bad with both, man. I smoke a lot of weed. Like I have a really shitty short-term memory. <laughs> I'm Matt. How's it going? You're on and now Hi. we drink. Thank you. I will remember you. Um, because I mean I'm at your house, so I will I'll remember you. I've had guests that have not remembered me and have been in my house. <laughs> well, there's people like I'll remember them, like I'm okay, okay. Like my brain's like, yeah, you definitely know this person from something, and then I feel like a jerk, and I kind of like I'll do this thing where I, like wait in the background for like someone else to like say their name, and then I'm like, oh hey, like Jimmy, how's it going? I'm also not good when people like change their clothes or their hair. That that throws me. That apparently is a thing. Yeah, like I've grown my hair out in the last like six eight months, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, you may know him, uh, Josh Meyerowitz. He's, oh, yeah, yeah. I ran into him at the Dojo Comedy like last week. I'm like, hey, Josh, what's going on? He's done the show. He's been here. Yeah. Like, what's going on? Man? He's like, hey, man, do I know you? I'm like, fuck you, buddy. And then I realized, <laughs> oh, God, I should not be like giving shit to the guy who's very autistic. Right. And I'm I'm super bad about it. I have like comedy stuff, too, because like obviously like when I like go to the like I'm uh, friends with like several of the door guys, at the comedy store and stuff. So like I know them. Um, but there's a shit ton of people that work there. There's always new people who work there. And they obviously remember me because like I'm a hot girl and modest. Yeah. I don't know. Well, yeah, I was an ugly kid, so I get to say it. But like I obviously like there's there's not a lot of I mean, there's not a lot of female comics in general. And like I, I do porn and they're all quite titillated by that. So they obviously remember me every time I like go to something. They're like, oh, Kate, Kate, hi, how are you? Which is super, super nice. And I really appreciate it. But there's like 20 fucking five of them. And they're all like skinny white dudes. I'm like, you guys literally look exactly the same to me. Like, I, I cannot tell the difference. I'm so sorry. Um, sorry, guys. I'm really trying. Well, you should try to identify them by what car they sleep in. <laughs> Oh my God! You're the 1982 like Toyota Corolla. I got you, buddy. Josh, right? That's your name. Yeah, that's a good one. That's solid. That's pretty solid. Yeah. I don't know why every struggling male comic in LA drives like a 2004 Honda Accord. They're affordable. I guess I, ha- I had a they're, Honda Accord for years, so I they're cheaper say. than getting an apartment here. They are. Yes, they are cheaper than getting an apartment. Here. Yeah. Oh yeah, they they totally are. I think my first car was like yeah, the blue book value on my first car, which was a '99 Honda Accord, was less than my deposit on my apartment that I currently live in. Yeah, that's that's pretty accurate. Yeah, yeah. Three hundred thousand miles, man. It was still running. What happened? Good to it? car. Uh, my parents donated it to their housekeeper. <laughs> Her car broke down. She's like a friend of her family's and uh, she was late one day and she came in. She's like crying and stuff. She's like, I'm so sorry I'm late. My car broke down. And she was like a single mom too. My parents are pretty cool people. And uh, they had like, I'd gone to college. My sister was, had a car like they, cause my parents buy like older Hondas like in cat with cash and they just drive them to the ground. Like at one point they own like seven cars cause they can't sell them. They're worth no money. But they could be giving comics homes. I know. Well, they live in Denver, so that's not ideal. Hey, there's a good comedy scene in Denver. There is actually. There really is. Like people were asking me if I was like gonna go perform while I was in town. I was like, well, no, I'm not. But that's actually a fun idea. I would like to. Maybe next time. I'm gonna go home for like Christmas. So maybe I'm there. I'm sorry. A mic or two. What? I'm sorry. <laughs> Going to someplace where it snows for Christmas. I Ew, know. gross. Well, it's gonna be kind of fun because it's. I, I can totally handle because I'm only gonna be there for like four days. Four days too long, in my opinion. Really? Okay, because I don't want to live around the snow anymore. I definitely, I lived there for like 15 years. Um, I don't want to deal with the fucking snow anymore. But like, I'm, I'm excited to like see the seasons. You know, it's a little nice. I'm a Chicago native. Like, I'm over okay, it. Fair. Completely over it. Fair enough. Chicago, Chicago snow is way grosser than Colorado snow. I've been told. I have yeah. friends that moved from Chicago to Denver. I'm like, why would you guys go west and go to somewhere where the snows? And they're like, dude. It sticks around for like a fucking day. Yeah, it snows on like, it'll snow on Monday and by like Friday, it's like 65 and sunny. 
as much as I'm talking shit about Denver, I actually had a good time every time I've been there. Yeah. So it's a cool town. It's a really cool town. Um, yeah, it was a fun place to grow up. You know, I went to school there too. So it's, you know, I lived there for a really long time. I left because it's um, it's basically as expensive as LA now. So there's really no reason to live there anymore. Yeah, I had a day job that tried to get me to move there and yeah. tried to get me to move there for 20 grand less than I made the year before. I'm like, you people are high. Yeah, no, because it's not fucking cheaper to live there. It's it, not at all. Like I pay, so I live like in Hollywood. Um, I have a really nice apartment. I really like it. I pay $1,400 a month. My sister lives. Uh, who'd you kill for that apartment? I have rent control too, dude. 4%. You got to. How did that happen? I know. I just I found it online. It's a great apartment. I love it. You know, I mean, I live in Little Armenia, but like. It's... I mean, I did. I used to, too. I used to live <laughs> yeah. in Fountain and Edgemont. So. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm right near there. I'm, I love it. Yeah. It was it was just a killer deal. I mean, they're going through my building, like renovating each apartment as they go. But uh, yeah, my rent control building. They were like, nah, we're cool with you just moving out the minute you want to leave. Yeah. I'm surprised that they're doing that because like they like a, a new company bought the building, but they didn't really. I know they've raised the prices compared to what some people definitely pay. There's definitely people that have lived there for like you know 20 plus years and i'm i don't even want to know what they're paying um but my sister lives in downtown denver and she has a roommate and she pays 1100 like that's the same yeah. why the fuck would i live in denver like no reason yeah no reason like there's way more opportunities out here it did kind of suck to like grow up somewhere and like have it get so expensive and be like cool i'm never going to afford to like buy a house here like i'm never going to be able to like afford to live here i might as well leave i wonder how native angelinos feel about that shit cuz i was led to believe la was affordable at one point I, I've heard this. I've heard that you used to be able to like, live in Echo Park on like you know a janitor's salary, but you definitely can't anymore. Well, it also used to be gangland at that point. Yeah, but if you stuck around for long enough. Oh, no. I met a woman a couple months ago. I was like, oh, yeah, I have a house that's the whole rent on it's 800 bucks in Echo Park. Jesus like, Christ. This nice family owns it, but I that allowed me to save up enough to buy a place so I'm moving out of it. I'm like, what's wrong with you? Yeah, I would never leave. That's cheaper than a mortgage. Right. I'm like, can you introduce me to your landlord? I will move in tomorrow. Right. That will just become the end. Now we drink studios. I can swing an extra 800 a month till my lease is up. I have great references and I'm a really, really, I'm a great tenant. I always pay on time. Don't ask my last landlord. I'm suing him right now. But like other than that, I'm good. I, I also didn't realize this is just a thing that you have to do in LA when you move. You just sue your landlord. That's what you do to get your deposit back. If you don't, they won't get back to you. I didn't have to sue my last landlord, but oh, I had to haggle. Yeah, it's it's a thing. Like I literally, like everyone's just like, oh, you just take him to small claims court. I had no idea that was the thing. I've never, and I fear conflict too. So like, I think this is in like December that I have to go, but it's like five grand, dude. I fucking need that back. So that's like, a fuck. Yeah, it's massive. Yeah. Huge, huge deposit. He was a jackass. Um, But yeah, so I'm like, all right, like I gotta go do this. And I'm like, and I like, I have a lawyer and he like looked over. He's like, this is like open and shut. You're going to get this back. It's not a big deal. They're How much not- does the lawyer take him though? Uh, I, I only had to pay him a couple hundred bucks. He's a friend of mine. So he just, he like drafted a letter for me and stuff. He's cool dude. So yeah. Is he a friend because he's a big porn fan or is he legitimately a friend? <laughs> no, he's legit. I, I mean, I found him through, I think I like, I, cause when all of this happened and I was like, I'm not going to get my deposit back. And I freaked. I think I like, I called like my agent and I was like, Hey, like, do you, I need a lawyer. Like, do you know anybody? And they obviously know a lot of people that are industry adjacent. So yeah. 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 yeah he's just a nice dude. So. Yeah I'm, yeah. I'm sure he's just a nice dude. A nice dude. I mean, yeah. okay. Like we said, sometimes you get things. It's cool, man. I got set up for the prom, so I'm like, I feel like I deserve it now. Man, you got set up for the prom? I got set up for the prom. Oh, I gotta hear this story. Yeah, okay. So, like, yeah, I was, uh, my senior year of high school, I was not, like, super, 
Like I was, I was kind of attractive in high school, but I was very insecure. I definitely was not like a bombshell. Like nobody was like jumping at, you know? And uh, so my friend Nick asked me to prom and I was like, I was really fucking stoked. Oh, that is even fucking worse. Your friend. Yeah, we were really good friends too. Yeah. So he asked me to prom and so I was really fucking stoked. Like my mom took me to get a dress. Like I was so excited. It's beautiful dress. And it was like four days before the prom. And he called me and he's like, yeah, so like. I actually have this girlfriend, Emily, and I'm going to take her to the prom instead. Did he actually take Emily? Yes, he did. Okay, I was about to say, at least it's not like some made-up girlfriend in Canada no, or some shit. No, it was shit. not like a made-up thing, but he was like, he like had our girlfriend the entire time and just like didn't tell me. So he was going to pity take you to prom? I don't even know. I, he smoked a lot of weed, so I don't know what he was fucking doing. He got so high, you forgot about his girlfriend? I, it's very possible that man was not terribly intelligent. Um, it worked out, though. My friend uh, my friend Joey, who we'd been friends since, like, well, I guess friends. We went to, like, kindergarten together. Um, he ended up calling me, like, later that day. I was obviously, like, super upset. And uh, he's like, hey, man, like, I like I heard what happened. I think that sucks. Like, I don't have a date. We have all the same friends. You want to just go with his friends, and they have a really good time. I was like, fuck. Yeah, I do. So I went Joey. Um, shout out Joey, you fucking rock. Still, I still appreciate that, and I tell the story. And also, fuck you, Nick, for standing me up for the prom. So I'm assuming you and Nick's friendship was over at it that point. It was. Nick sells used couches in Denver now, so I think I got the last laugh. Oh, you should go in there and like <laughs> check out his used couches, like sit on them, right. waste a bunch of his time when you're back home. Like, yeah, I think I'm gonna take the nah. Yeah. Maybe can you show me this one, Nick? And just because he, he's a salesperson, he can't be rude to you, right? Just waste hours of his time. That would be hilarious. No, I'm not that bitter about it. I feel like, again, I feel like his life sucks enough that he spends every day, like, cleaning micro suede. It's not a bitter thing. It's a bit. <laughs> it is kind of a bit. That would be sort of funny. Yeah, I dig it. I dig Come on. It. You could go on stage and talk about it. I ruined the I've guy. I've actually never talked about the story on stage, which I feel like I should. Like, I've definitely told that story to people before because it is really funny. But, like, I've never done that on stage. I might try that tonight. Yeah, you yeah, should. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely comedy there. There is. I feel like like this kind of I always hate like the week leading up to a show because like I like to go to open mics and just like experiment and just play. Um, like it's it's like the gym. It's just like it's like the gym. It's kind of like therapy. It's just fun. But like the week like leading up to a show, um, especially at, like the comedy store, like I am like, OK, I need to go like run my type five. Yeah. Yeah. Which like I know my type five. That's not fun for me to do. I know it. Like I know it like the back of my hand, but I still need to like go through it because I have a couple tweaks. It's work. It's work. Yeah. And it becomes less fun than just me getting up there and like doing something fucking stupid, which is what's really fun about open mic. So I try to do if I do two in a night, like uh, like tonight, I'll probably do two. And so like the first one I'll do new stuff because um, it's like my go to mic that I always go to anyways. Uh, so I'll just do random shit and throw it at the wall. And then like the next one, I'll like actually run my actual set. So a balance. Solid. Solid. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I can't wait to hear when this is like a polished bit about you talking about poor Nick. Poor Nick. I know. I always told people like that if I ever won like a, an AVN award or anything like that, if my acceptance speech, I would be like, you know, thank you to my agent. Like, thank you to everyone that hires me. And like, fuck you, Nick, for standing me up for the prom because it's on Showtime. And I just think it would be really, really funny if Nick had to see that later and just be. Yeah, I think that'd be hilarious. Oh, uh, if you can like tweet him or text him the live link for streaming. Cause, exactly. Because unfortunately, Showtime sometimes edits around acceptance speeches. They do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll make sure someone well I'm not gonna I don't know why I'm acting like I'm gonna win an award I'm definitely not but like it would be cool um I was just nominated one I was finally like well I was nominated for an AVN last year I did not win 
Um, it's cool. I knew I wasn't gonna win. I lost a Tommy pistol. He like fucked a couch. So like I think it was like I was like <laughs> was it most Tommy. outrageous sex scene? It was most outrageous sex scene. Uh and I was like, yeah, I saw him afterwards. I was like, dude, I'm so glad you won. Like you worked so much harder than I did. <laughs> I mean, if you're against Tommy Pistol, you're probably gonna lose. Yeah, That's just yeah. how it works. It the entire category was like five movies and four of them were Tommy Pistol. So it was like and then one was like the one I was in. Um I was nominated for Best New Starlet at the Night Move show in Tampa. I did not win. Um it's cool, man. I, I don't know who won. I I, I think it was uh, Victoria Vox. And Lisa, they do like a weird thing where there's like an editor's pick and a uh, like an editor's pick and a fan vote pick. So there's like two winners for every award, I think. The the fan the fan voting is always suspect for I, every award. Fan voting is, yeah. I, I forgot what year it was, but there was one year at AVN where Riley Steele won every fan award. Every one of them. Like, that's not suspect, right. guys. Yeah. Come on. Well, yeah. And it too is just like how many like followers you have and how willing you are to like, which I mean, I, I don't knock the hustle because I don't do that. Like, I don't have. Oh, I think it's just full on someone hacking at that point. It's very possible. Definitely. I mean, some of these girls like and I have fans that kind of do this too. And I don't really like I, I don't have that like work ethic. I just fucking don't. So like I I'll, like I'll occasionally be like, thanks for nominating me and like vote for me. Like I literally will post things. So I'm like, vote for me if you feel like it and you think I deserve it. If you don't, it's totally cool. Like I'm from the Midwest and I'm not really good at bragging about myself. <laughs> this makes me really uncomfortable. Um but yeah, there's girls like every fucking day like vote for me. Here's the link. Vote for me. Like every fucking like couple hours really scheduling that shit on like Hootsuite or whatever. I don't I'm sorry guys. I don't have the fucking drive. Vote for me if you feel like it. Make a publicist do it for you. I really appreciate it. Somebody like, because uh, there's a bunch of those tweets going around on Twitter right now. It is the season. Voting. It's the season. And someone uh, someone tweeted that they nominated my dog for cutest dog ever. That's <laughs> an award this year? It's not, but I like retweeted. I was like, vote for Squeege. So. <laughs> I was about to say, I'm about to put on a dog costume and get nominated. It should be. And Squeegee would win hands down. She's I have a three-legged dog. She's adorable. Yeah, it's much cuter than I'm ever going to be. Shit, she's so cute, man. It's yeah, it's it's pretty great. She's she kind of like walks on her back legs, and she's yeah, she's very cute. <laughs> she's like a tiny velociraptor. You're not going to get her one of those wheels. So she's missing her front legs, so I can't like those are for her back legs. Why can't you get them for the front leg? So she's it's a birth defect. So she has one leg that goes out, and then the other's like a chicken wing. So like she can't. There's nowhere to like put her limb in there. And there, you can get like prosthetics because people ask me this all the time. Like, what? But I saw this thing on Facebook with these dogs that have prosthetics. Those prosthetics cost like ten thousand dollars. I smell a GoFundMe. I know, right? I'm like, like she's. I just carry her places. She's fine. Um, but yeah, I love that people like. Yeah, everyone thinks that like you could just get her this. I'm like, no. Have you ever like looked at like I've contacted companies like that to do it and stuff. It's ten thousand dollars. I love her, but like not ten thousand dollars. I'm sorry. Like I already paid to fix her ACL. That was four grand. So like we're not doing this again. Can you get her a help, you know a pet insurance plan and then claim it that way? She does have pet insurance, but like pet insurance is super super shitty. So it's kind of like it unless it's like like if it's a pre-existing condition which obviously that is you just need a doctor to commit some fraud <sighs> right off task but i like her bet i can do that come um, on that's got to be able to make do some you know insurance fraud <laughs> insurance companies make a lot of money they can right. afford a little fraud yeah right her like pet insurance is like nationwide like it's like legit insurance it's her insurance is better than my health insurance and it's way cheaper oh it's gonna be so fucked up next time you get a cold like the dog's got a cold i need some pills right oh my god there was the thing actually i'm reading this book about uh i also read all the time because i'm a fucking nerd uh i'm reading this book about uh the opioid epidemic 
pandemic and like how that kind of went. And there, that was a huge problem is that like uh, vets were writing prescriptions for people's dogs. That's not a problem. Oxycod- well, I mean, it was a really big problem in terms of like addiction in Appalachia. I mean, they live in Appalachia. They need the help. <laughs> you know, it's, it's really terrible. Like they really like targeted that region to such an extent. I mean, I'm sorry. This isn't funny. Like it's just it, it, it's a very interesting book. It's called Dope Sick. And I, I started reading on the plane because I've been on planes lately and I always read on planes. So no, the the opioid epidemic really isn't funny. But yeah. Jesus Christ, they live in Appalachia. They need the help. I, they need the pills. I know. I, I, yeah. I get it. If I lived in West Virginia, I would have died of an overdose a long time ago. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's that or a mind collapse. Like, you really only have two choices. Oh, that'd be miserable. Like, dude, that's like one of my worst nightmares. Well, I just thought about like the mind collapse and you're not dying right away and then going through withdrawals while you die. Oh, my God. That'd be fucking terrible. Yeah. That would be absolutely terrible. Yeah. Just to make it super dark out of the <laughs> Right. I'm claustrophobic anyway, so I like the idea of being like trapped in something like oh. Do you have problems flying? No, uh uh-uh, no. Well I'm also small. So like like people keep complaining the airline seats are getting smaller and like I don't give a shit. Like I'm so small that I can just like there's still plenty of room for me. Hey, hint fat American, you're probably just getting bigger. <laughs> I mean, no, the seats are getting way smaller and it is shitty. But like, yeah, as long as I don't like sitting in the middle. No um, one likes sitting no in the middle. No one sitting in the middle. But as long as I, yeah, I mean, I still have plenty of room to stretch out. I flew first class once and that was fucking dope. Oh, my God. It's so much better. Oh, yeah. They treat you so much better. So much better. They just pour you wine the entire trip. I was going to Cleveland. I was fucking hammered when I got off the plane. Don't ever fly international business class. Okay. It will spoil you. Okay. Good to know. I at one point traveled a lot and was diamond with Delta. Mm-hmm. So I was getting upgraded all the time. Yeah. There were a couple of years where I never even saw a coach seat. Oh, man. The and life. I, 2014, I flew 149,000 miles. Jesus. And did not see a coach seat that whole year. And I have no status now. <laughs> it's like I was in the promised land. Right. And now I'm. Now it's yanked away from you. Yeah, those warm towels and warm moist towels. Oh, my God. And no one even blinking at. Me on a 6 a.m. flight ordering whiskey before we take off. Right. Oh, I do like that about the airport is that like nobody judges you for drinking at any. The things I like about the airport is you can you're allowed to drink at any time of the day or night. Doesn't matter. And also you can sit down on the floor anywhere. As an adult, you're not allowed to do that other places. Speak for yourself. I, if you sit down on the floor anywhere else besides the airport, people give you weird looks. But at the airport, it's totally acceptable. That's only if you care about other people's judgment. <laughs> You're in porn. Why do you care about anyone else's judgment? I'm a very like cognizant, like polite person. I can't help it. Well, don't be in the walkway. Sit <laughs> yeah, down on the floor, though. Too. I mean, yeah, I never sit in the walkway, but yeah. Yeah, you're just sitting on the floor. Fuck yeah. them. It's not like you're masturbating in a dumpster. <laughs> right. Or in an, I, that's kind of like a trend on like OnlyFans, too. Like I see girls constantly like shooting videos in like uh, airplane bathrooms, which like I get like the... I get the gimmick, but like fucking gross, man. I'm not standing in there any longer than I have to. Well, it's just a dick move. There's three bathrooms for a couple hundred people. Yes. That, that have all been drinking. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I can't like I can't drive to the airport either because like I know as soon as I get to the airport, like I'm just like my like monkey brain is just like mm, alcohol. Yes, we can drink now. We can drink. So I can't I can't drive to and from the airport because there's no way I'm gonna be sober when I get off the plane. It's just not gonna happen. Plus, who wants to drive to LAX? Dude, fucking nobody. Man, I took the flyaway bus home. It was eight dollars, and I would have paid eight million dollars to not do that. It was fucking terrible. Well, you do it once. You, a, I did it a, one time. It's a rite of passage. Yeah, I did it one time. I'm never fucking doing it again. It was terrible. Like I will pay as much money as it costs to take an Uber. Like I'm not. But you're not even allowed to. Uh, they don't do pickups at LAX anymore. 
You have I, to take a shuttle. I thought that wasn't kicking until the end of the month. It, yeah, I think it's like next week. The 29th. Yeah, yeah. And so you have to like take a shuttle to another location and then call your Uber from there. Uh, I think they're going to have the Ubers just staged in that lot. So the minute you get the, it's there. Okay. And that's kind of what they do in Vegas, which in, in Vegas, it's not bad, but it's also closer in Vegas because it's like in the parking garage, like directly across from the airport. Like you don't have to get on a shuttle. And that's that's the shitty part is waiting for the shuttle. I waited for an hour and a half for the flyaway bus to Hollywood the other day. Like Sounds about right. Three buses to Van Nuys passed me. And I really rethought living in the valley. I was like, maybe it wasn't that bad. It was that bad. Wouldn't that even be even worse that you get on the flyway bus and then go to the valley? Right. Like, it's your trip to hell. Like, it, it's literally a trip to hell because the destination is terrible, too. Oh, nothing nothing worse than um, there's a, been a couple girls that I've picked up, like, that don't live in town that had to take the flyway bus from to Van Nuys. I had to pick them up for a shoot like, oh in God. Van Nuys. Like, I'm sorry we did this to you. <laughs> there's just not much budget for this shoot. Right. Oh, my God. That would be terrible. Yeah fucking van nuys especially because some of those girls it was like their first scene like <laughs> welcome oh. to porn <laughs> so i flew down to la uh i worked behind the scenes in porn for like a year before i started performing um so i lived in portland and i was working for like a bondage company up there um I, they're great were well, you working for the dude who like plays dead and like fucks i have worked for them several times i'm amazing at being dead um i'm super good at it i like i'm amazing at dying um <laughs> i look really good i you, i can drown i can hang i'm good at all of it i can keep my eyes open underwater yeah that's that's a skill um but uh, i was working for insects up there which is uh they do like hard tie it's actually broken um so it was really cool i got that job like out of college they needed a new marketing person uh an affiliate manager and they offered me a job and i was like fuck yeah it was like best job i ever had it was so fun like i wore like nothing but like cargo pants and like baseball caps and no makeup um, and I would just be like in the woods, like building bondage equipment. It was fucking rad. I mean, you make no money, but it was super fun. So I did that for a year and then I became a performer from there. Do you miss it? Uh, I do sometimes. I do. It was it was a really fun job. Um, it was, it's kind of stressful. I mean, being behind the scenes, especially just because I mean, the pay differential, especially like Portland is cheaper um, than L.A. Uh, significantly so. Um, it's cheaper than Denver too, which fucking blows my mind. Um, and and Portland's a great city. I love living there. And it was like my first time like moving out of like where I grew up and like kind of being on my own. And I had like this tiny studio apartment, and I I started dancing while I was there a stripper, which was really fun. I would do that at night. Um, so yeah, I do miss it sometimes. It was really fun. It was. I mean, it's also like just lower pressure. Like there's definitely a part of me that like the fact that and I do I get it. Like I make my money based on how I look, and I'm cool with that. But like that is kind of as someone that's not really that kind of person, I don't enjoy getting my nails done or my hair or whatever. It's not my thing. For the audio audience, there's no nail polish on it right now. There's not at all. I have a shoot tomorrow and I'm gonna have to like do it like later tonight. I do press ons because I don't, I can't fucking sit there for like an hour and a half. It's, it's like $150 and it's an hour and a half. And do you know how they do like acrylic nails? They use like a fucking Dremel and sometimes they nick you and you bleed and then they yell at you in Vietnamese. It's fucking terrible. $150. Would you prefer they yelled at you in English? That's weird. I kind of would prefer because I would like them. I would like to know what they're saying. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, then I feel like a jerk, too, because I'm like, I don't know your language. And like, I feel like an asshole. Like, I'm not like I'm such an American. Like, I very like I speak just a pro- little Spanish. That's just it. Just pull out the Google Translate as they start screaming and have them <laughs> scream into the phone. <laughs> I'm like, well, so why are you yelling me at ble- like for bleeding when you cut me? <laughs> 
fucking up their hard work. I know. I know. Yeah, and I do. I always fuck it up, too. Like, I can't stay still long enough. So, like, I always fuck it up. And then I have to, like, have them fix it. And I can just tell, like, inside. They're like, this fucking bitch. Yeah, so I do press-ons now. They're, like, eight ninety five, and it only takes, like, 10 minutes. And they look just as good as the real ones. Well, now I know. Mm-hmm. For my shoot tomorrow, I'm just going to yeah. slap them right on. There was I forget who it was, but there was a, a porn girl that posted that on Twitter, like, a couple of months ago. Um, and she like had like a, a package of like press on nails in her hand. She's like my secret weapon for like porn shoots. And a bunch of other girls were like, oh, my God, me too. Like, I don't fuck with the nail salon anymore. This shit's so much better. Well, because also like your nails have to look good. They, they you want them to look like fresh, like brand new for every scene. But if you're working all the time, like I had a male talent one time tell me like he looked at my nails. He's like, oh, girl, you need a fill. I was like, yeah, I need to feel like you need a dick in your ass, dude. Like, this is, uh, what's going on? <laughs> wow. Yeah. I didn't even know that was a thing. I was a little offended, right? So, yeah, I mean, that's easier because you can just put them on. Trade secrets, y'all. Mm-hmm. Trade secrets. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Much like porn sex, it's like, it's supposed to be aesthetically pleasing. It doesn't necessarily have to stand up to, like, the sniff test in person. No, absolutely. Yeah, and that's the other thing. is like, no one's, like, paying attention. I mean, unless it's, like, a, like, blowjob heavy scene where you're really seeing my nails, like... I hope no one's paying attention to your nails during that. I would hope so. But I have seen, like, comments on, like, ones where girls' nails look shitty where they're like, couldn't you fucking do your nail, you know? Porn fans, I love you and all, but right. some of y'all weird. Dude, some of them comment on the weirdest shit. Like, it's, oh, my God. Or I like when they, like, comment, like, because you'll get, like, Twitter posts where they'll be, like, um, they tag, like, a bunch of girls or whatever. And they'll be, like, I only like this one. <laughs> like, all right, fuck you. No one asked. That wasn't what this was for. No one wanted your opinion, bro. Yeah, no one. And there was, a, like, a guy, because uh, I was in a movie. Oh, yeah, so I was in uh, I was in a movie for Evil Angel, and it's uh, with, like, Dana Vespoli, who was fucking awesome. She directed my scene. She's amazing. And they were, Evil was, like, tweeting about it, and they were promoting it. And so we were both tagged in it. And one of her fans started commenting under it. He's like, I don't care about any of these other bitches. I just want Dana. <laughs> and I, like, commented back. I was like, I don't care about you either, but you don't see me going on about it. Like, and then he came around and all of a sudden he became like my fan. He got really annoying. It was hilarious. You pay attention to him. That's where you fucked up. Right. I know. You give these guys a little bit of attention. They're just never out of your life. Give them an inch. They take a mile. Although some of my fans, I actually really like my fans. I have a good fan base. I really like a lot of them. Um, Spend money. Buy the dog a prosthetic. They do. They do. They send squeegee toys. They'll send her treats and stuff like from my wish list. It's really fucking rad. Um, yeah. How weird is your wish? Is your wish list? It's really not that weird. Like that's there's a, a shame. couple. Yeah, I did ask for like a pair of Crocs one time because um, I thought it'd be really. Funny. What are you putting together a Ron Jeremy costume? <laughs> I was like, I like put them on. I was like, look, I added a pair of Crocs to my wish list, and if someone buys them for me, I will make a porno in these Crocs. I will totally do that. I will make a porno where I wear nothing but Crocs. I think this would be fucking hilarious. Please bankroll this for me. And uh, within five minutes, I had them, which was great. Uh, but then I couldn't find male talent that was like willing to do that. <laughs> I asked a couple of people. And they're like, no. Even Tommy Pistol wouldn't do that? I probably could ask Tommy Pistol. And I feel like he would. I should 100%. I should, Tommy Pistol, and I, this is like one of my favorite Tommy stories uh, of many because there's a bunch. I did a gangbang for kink.com. Uh, a couple of months ago and later that night it was a last minute thing they called me at like 7 a.m they're like hey can you do a five guy anal gangbang and i was like i'm up I'm at- whenever i get those calls i've always been like drinking the night before i'm like fuck because they don't go out every single night but whenever invariably if i get a last minute shoot I, like i'm always like oh my god like i really hope i don't shit on anybody <laughs> it's never happened 
Oh, whiskey shits are the worst. The worst. But we're there, and I was uh, that night. One of my friends works at the Roxy, and uh, Jim Jeffries was doing a show there, and he had gotten me tickets. And he's like, "Hey, like I, you know, I so I had like a front row ticket, like I had two spot, two spots too." And so I was kind of saying behind the scenes, I was like, "Oh yeah, I'm gonna go see Jim Jeffries at the Roxy tonight." And Tommy was like, "Wait, you're doing what?" And I was like, "Yeah." I was like, "Do you want to come? I have an extra ticket. I was just gonna go by myself, but you can totally come with me." He's like, "Yeah, yeah, I do." So we ended up going. Like we did a gangbang, and like three hours later, he and I went to go see Jim Jeffries. It was a blast. That's fucking awesome. Yeah, it was really fun. Yeah, Jeffries is a good fucking show too. Very good show. He's really funny, and it was. Uh, it's the show. It's Josh Adam Meyer's show, and it's Goddamn Comedy Jam, where I'm- they do. You know, yeah. They do like uh, each comic comes up and does like five minutes, five to ten minutes, and then they end it with like a song and there's a live band and everyone sings along and it's super, super fucking fun. Um, like the audience all dances around because it's all like in sync or like Britney Spears. Somebody did a fucking great toxic Britney Spears and it was hilarious. Uh, I'm trying to. I last time I saw the goddamn comedy gym was also at Skankfest in New York and Tony Hinchcliffe was performing, Big J was performing. Oh, cool. I know Big J. I met Big J in New York last time I was there, which was cool. Um. Yeah, he's very fun. I'm surprised you haven't sent a tape to do a Skankfest South. That would be rad. I should. I don't even know where I would send that, but I would totally do it. Uh, Louis J. Gomez tweeted something about it like a week or two ago. Okay, I will look that up. That sounds fucking rad. Yeah, yeah they're doing all expenses paid down to Houston for Skankfest South. Sweet. I mean, it's Houston, but I'm down. Hey, giant comedy festival. In all the, expenses paid in Houston, that joke writes itself. Houston is the butthole of America. I <laughs> cannot tell why it is. I was I was born in Dallas. Technically, I only lived there for like a few years. We moved to Colorado pretty quickly, but uh, yeah, Houston is definitely the butthole of America. And they don't even have the Astrodome anymore. What the fuck, Houston? Wow, Sorry, fucking hate on my soapbox about this shit. Why who fucking tears down the Astrodome? That shit was so cool. Houston and their complete lack of zoning. I I mean, and I get that it leaked, but come on. That shit was rad. No, no. It's gotta go. Gotta fucking <laughs> gotta go. Gotta go. Man, hey, like, we're hosting the Olympics in a couple years here in LA. I will not be here for Dude, it. Dude, I'm not gonna go. I'm gonna go out of town for, like, two weeks. Me too. I'm gonna Airbnb this place while I'm gone. Yeah. Oh, that's so smart. Fuck yeah, that's brilliant. Dude, yeah. No, I'm not gonna be. We can't fuck. We don't have the infrastructure. We can't do it. Like, we, our traffic is so bad in the mornings already. We cannot handle the Olympics. Who? Why? What? No. Someone thought it would be glorious. <laughs> right. The infrastructure of the city is literally crumbling around. It's gross. Like I was explaining like I actually said this while I was at home with my mom and I was like, someone asked me like about like what Hollywood was like. And I was like, oh, Hollywood's great. It always smells like piss and inspiration. And my mom's like, what? It smells like what? And I was like, oh, oh, fuck. I was like, I wasn't supposed to tell my mom that. Like she's going to be I was like, you can never visit me. Ever. You definitely couldn't tell her about the masturbating dude no no which is a shame because i think that's so funny and she'd be so like yeah i was like you cannot see where i live like where i live is really nice compared to most people i know but my parents cannot come visit absolutely not. my parents can't drive on the 405 are you kidding they live in colorado why would they be on the 405 to get here anyways i mean if we were gonna go to like beverly hills or something i don't know what they would want to do if we went here they've never been to la if they want to go to beverly hills that's their fucking problem i know the last time I went to Beverly Hills was to go to the Holocaust Museum. Eh, well, no. no. Nothing about that sentence is fun. <laughs> no, no, it's really not. Uh, it wasn't. I went on a date. So, uh, Wait, who takes someone on a date to the Holocaust I know, Museum? I, this is like the worst. Day. It was so fun. So, like, uh, yeah, so I, I kind of like casually date someone. Like, he lives out of town. So, like, when he's here, uh, we date and he comes back like once a month, which is really fun. 
And uh, we're both big like museum nerds. Like our thing, we like to get really stoned and go to museums. The Holocaust Museum? I know. So it was his last day here. He'd been here for like several weeks. And I was like, bro, what do you want to do tomorrow? Like, it's your last day. I was like, do you want to go to Venice? Like, we go to the beach. You want to go to Hollywood? Like, what do you want to do? Let's go do something really funny. So like, do you want to go to the Museum of Tolerance? <laughs> and I was like, okay, whatever. So we went and then like it was really uncomfortable because it's a fucking Holocaust museum. It's super sad. And like there's like a family from like Ohio there with us. And like we're just kind of walking through. And at one point I kind of was like, you know, being a little cheat, like grabbed his butt. You know, just like, you grabbed my butt in the Holocaust Museum. <laughs> uh and so like we we, you know, we got out of there and I was like, all right, this is, you know, we both agreed. We're like, you know, bad date idea, super bad. And we're like, okay, we went and got some like lunch. And then I had to go to, I had to go refill a prescription at my psychiatrist's office in Glendale. And he also needed to go over there because his buddy lived there and he needed to pick something up. So I was like, all right, well, I can give you a ride. I was like, so cool. Our date was that we went to the Holocaust Museum and then we entered it at my psychiatrist's office. Sounds like a very productive hollywood date you know it was it was like i mean like we went on more it was not our last date for sure it's a memorable one yeah that's that's pretty fucking memorable yeah it's pretty fucking memorable i went to the uh, museum of death last time uh also memorable really gross honestly i feel like that's less morbid than going to a holocaust museum you would think so but it's way grosser which is kind of like at one point we're kind of like you know like holding hands or whatever and like uh, it's kind of interesting there's much like cult and like serial killer shit we got to this like hallway and it's like just this like exhibit of like car accidents from the 1940s like before they had seatbelts <laughs> and he just kind of looks at me he's like i'm really sorry but like i don't think i can make out with you in here anymore i don't think we should like touch you. i was like dude i feel you that's i'm right on the same page like i'm a little queasy oh come on that autopsy video totally gets me hard oh god that was so, i couldn't watch that like i i don't like that like everything else was kind of cool like was fine i i thought it was gross honestly like Oh, it's one of those things that I've been to once. Yeah. Friends from out of town dragged me there because it's it's right around the corner. It's very close. Yeah. And if my audience hasn't figured out where I live yet, they they probably will soon. But yeah, it was just like, okay, I just spent $18 for this shit. Yeah. That could have been alcohol. Yeah, exactly. And like also like it's just I don't know. There's something like upsetting about like seeing clothes that people were like electrocuted in. Like there's weird stains. Well, and. All the Manson family Sharon Tate murder stuff. That I was going to bring that up. That was particular. I was like, I don't think because you can't really even find those pictures on the Internet. They're not like they're not accessible on the Internet where like it's pregnant Sharon Tate. I mean, it's very upsetting. Um, That was really the thing where I was just like, okay, like I I get why someone would make a museum of this. It is kind of cool. But like I was like, these don't need to be seen by people. This is this is too much. That's upsetting. I just find no entertainment value in it. No, no, not at all. I was like, this is, yeah, th- this feels like something that's like private that like we should not be gawking at. This is, this is not for entertainment purposes. Speaking of which, how do you got to feel? I mean, yes, Roman Polanski is a piece of shit, oh, but how would you feel like that your significant other and your unborn child are just re- constantly recycled in pop culture forever. Yeah, brutally murdered. On top of which, like, as a child, Roman Polanski watched his dad being, like, taken off by the Nazis and was told to, like, go hide. His dad, the last thing his dad ever said to him was, like, no, don't talk to me. Don't pretend you're related to me. Like, go. So, like, I get, and I hate to be like, oh, man, this is totally going to come back and haunt me in, like, 10 years. I know this is going to come back and haunt me. I could see how having such a fucking terrible life as Roman Polanski has had 
you could have like some sort of break in your brain and then, you know, commit an act that is objectively horrible and terrible and it's not excusable. But I kind of can understand the psychology behind that. Right. Like the man's had some shit happen. Yeah. If he's not a horrible nihilist, like at this point, nothing. I can't imagine anything actually mattering to him. No, not at all. Not at all. And I like Chinatown, so. Oh, yeah. It's a fucking classic movie. It's a really fucking great movie. Yeah. And the, the water wars are super, super interesting. Um, the Rape of Owens Valley. Dude, man, what the fuck? And, like, Mulholland just straight up lied about that shit, too. He's like, we're only going to take what he need when we need. It's not going to be a lot. And he knew he was putting it all in the aquifer in the San Fernando Valley. He fucking knew. Yeah, I, I did, like, a, I do, like, these deep dives once in a while. I, I you know... I have some wine. I like go in a Wikipedia rabbit hole. Uh, one of my favorite ones is about Mulholland because he's super interesting. And like his whole career ended because that dam uh, exploded. The like uh, the Francis Dam. Yeah, he so his career ended. He inspected this dam 12 hours before it broke. It's like the worst like disaster, man-made disaster in California history. Like 400 people died. And he literally 12 hours before was like, it's fine. He inspected it. It was fine. And he was known, apparently, for being, like, really hubristic of being like, I'm I'm William Mulholland. I brought the water to Los Angeles. I'm fucking God. And This city has so much corruption in its history. It's, it's crazy. crazy. It's super, super interesting. You know about the red car, right? No, I don't. So we had a very robust streetcar system in the 20s. Okay. GM bought it and took it out of service. That's very interesting. I did not know that. Yeah, if you pull up the red car map. It's insane where it went to. I did know that we had like a very good, a lot of cities had really good streetcar systems. Um, even smaller towns did. And then, you know, and I, yeah, I was definitely killed by, by the automobile. No, no, GM actually bought it. Yeah. And like took it out of, took it out of service. Like, yeah. That's a more direct death than, uh, I'm trying to pull up a picture of the, the coverage map, but there's the coverage map. Oh shit. That's so much better than the Metro. <laughs> what yeah. the fuck? So for the audio audience and probably the video audience, depending on how lazy I feel about editing this, the motherfucking red car, according to this map, went from Newport Beach all the way to Calabasas and went all the way to San Bernardino. And how much would that save everybody now, like compared to like how much time like we spend on the freeways? Like I just had a conversation with my friend, my girlfriend about this uh, the other day, like we're on the phone and we're literally like ranking our highways in terms of like which freeway you'd like to be stuck on in traffic. I like the 101. The 101 is my favorite. Depending on where you're stuck on the 101. It depending, I still prefer the 101. Uh, 170 fucking sucks. I will avoid 170 at all costs because it's just so windy. It's so poorly maintained. I feel like my car is just going to like skid off the road. Um, I Obviously, no one likes the 405. The 405 is fucking garbage. Um, yeah, I don't like the... I'll, I'll tolerate the 134. Like, but yeah. If you have to. If I have to. If I have to go to Burbank. To, right. If I have to go to Burbank. Um, I like Burbank. I mean, I, I would way rather fly out of Burbank than LAX any fucking day. Well, yeah, I meant the city, not necessarily the airport. But yeah. I like Burbank as a city, too, though. Burbank's fun. It's it's close to Hollywood, too, which is kind of nice. It is. It is. I mean, I much rather fly out of Burbank, too. Yeah. yeah. They don't have a lounge. That's the only reason I don't want to fly out of there. No, they don't. And everything is ridiculously expensive at Burbank. Like, even more so than a normal airport. I went to buy a juice the other day. I was flying out of there. And I, like, it didn't have a price on it. So, I, and I wasn't really paying attention. I, like, gave it to him. One juice. It was $16. And I just started laughing. Like, handed him my credit card. I'm just laughing and, like, walking away. I was like, fuck my life. Too much shame to take it back and be like, nah, I don't want that it, after all. It was almost just like that it was so ridiculous that it was $16. I was like, I have to buy this. This is insane. 
Like, bro, there's no alcohol in this, right? No. How is this $16? Fucking How? cold-pressed watermelon juice. It tastes like fucking dirt. Yeah, I'm too Jewish. I've been like, nope, take that shit back. <laughs> take that shit back. Uh, yeah, I know. I didn't even get like a sandwich or some shit. It was literally just that. Also, like I got, I got to the Denver airport uh, this weekend and I was my dad was also flying in. So we were going to like drive up together. And so I was waiting for him because it's like I'm like two hours after mine. And I went to the bar at the Denver. Things are free in Denver. Holy shit. The beer was like $5. I was like, keep bringing me these. You're like, like I'm going to go over to New Belgium and because they have a New Belgium brewery bar in denver uh they have so that's actually a whole thing so they're trying to they were doing a uh total rehaul it's like a multi-billion dollar renovation of dia the contractor quit so it's like halfway done and it's not getting finished it's just stalled so everything like there used to be like tons of restaurants and like the top levels and stuff in like the main uh like before you get to the terminals like the main hall it's all fucking gone there's one place to drink at dia before you get to the terminal do you think he discovered the Illuminati secrets and quit? They actually have like I sent a picture of somebody where like they have like advertisements about that. Like they're like playing into it. They're leaning in, which I appreciate. Playing into it. Right. That airport's fucking weird, man. The fucking giant blue horse. The giant, yeah. Uh, Lucifer. Lucifer is his name. Yeah. He killed his creator. It fell. The giant blue horse statue fell on his the artist as he was creating it that's a, that wasn't always there either like i remember those murals being a kid like that was very much a thing and i was really scared of them as a kid but the horse didn't come around till i was in like high school um it didn't taste blood till a little bit later yeah right well and its eyes are like red they like glow in the sun it's fucking terrifying um they have a nice hotel there now too which is kind of cool but they also have a light rail system speaking of public transit that goes there which is fucking awesome when i lived in denver i would always take it it's like eight bucks and it takes like 35 minutes it's super fast it's great well la-di-da denver's better than la la-di-da public transit wise they've, they've been investing they have a great light rail system it's actually really rad they have all that marijuana money dude they do that's that's when it changed that was the first election i got to vote in was in 2012 i was 18 and we like nobody thought it was going to pass it'd been on the ballot like a couple of times in the last couple of years and i was actually i was at my buddy's frat house and it was in college and all of a sudden like i hear this guy running through the house he's like amendment 64 passed amendment 64 passed and everybody blazed up i like walked out of the room a couple minutes later and just smoke like oh it was awesome so were you in a sorority no i rushed but then like I got like it was raining and you're supposed to like walk to these fucking houses and it was raining and I was tired and so I was kind of like I had a cold and I just was like I called like my rush leader and I was like I quit I guess I'm not that into this. <laughs> <laughs> it was like it's very like par for the course for me like I fucking quit things. <laughs> I'm no work ethic. <laughs> oh, you're like nope nope nope. No, Don't I mean, need all like, that. Like in retrospect, like I would have been a terrible member of a sorority too. Like I was not, not at all. Like would have been into that, but but you might have been the most famous member of the sorority if your I, life had gone the same way. I'm definitely the coolest person I went to high school with for sure. Um, bar not, like people that I went to high school with finally found out I do porn. It took like over a year. I was kind of pissed. I had a joke about it in my stand-up for a while, where it's like nobody called me to yell at me or congratulate me. I don't really give a shit. I was I was a loser in high school. All I wanted was the recognition that I didn't get fat or pregnant. That was all I wanted. Nobody. And finally they did. And I like I have to say, like, the guy that found my porn in high school is exactly the person you would think. Was it Nick? 
No, it was not Nick. It was this guy who, like, I feel like everyone went to high school with, like, went to high school with a guy like this. And I could be wrong because I've told this joke and apparently it's not as relatable. But, like, I feel like everyone knows someone from high school that only had one ball. Like, no one ever saw it. It was just, like, this low-key thing where, like, Eric only has one testicle. Like, he got scratched by a cat as a kid. <laughs> he only has one testicle. What a horrible way to fucking lose a ball. Like, I know. Like, he's but, fucking Nick Fury's eye. But also, like, if you meet him, you're like, yeah, dude, you totally only have one testicle. That makes complete sense. Um, And he, like, found out about it. And then he, like, told everybody. He told my... I have, like, one good friend from high school that we still keep in touch. He's known about it forever. And he's like, yeah, like, Eric, like, called me and told me about this. And he's like, yeah. He's like, I just was like, I don't give a shit. I knew about this two years ago, dude. Um, But, yeah, definitely the person you would think. He, I mean, he's clearly compensating for something, right? But, uh, yeah. I mean, bro, you can get an implant. I know. Has anyone told him this? I don't know. We're telling him right now. Tell him, Eric, you can get an implant, man. You can even get a penis pump inserted in there. And then you can just pump. You just have you seen this? It's fucking great. There's a couple of male performers that have this. It's my favorite thing. They have a Reebok pump in their dick. Literally. Yeah, that's what it is. Like, it's in their ball, and they literally just, like, squeeze their ball, like, and their dick just goes. See, I'd only do it if they, like, it looked like a basketball, like the old Reebok pumps. That's what it, that's literally what it looks like. They're literally, like, squeezing, like, just one thumb squeezing. How do you release the pressure? The other ball? I think it just goes down after a while i don't really understand how that works but it's really nice because i don't want to be responsible for someone maintaining an erection while i'm over like i if you can't I mean it's a long process right like it's an unnatural amount of time to have a boner and i do get that but like i have shit to do in between takes like i don't want to be like my mouth does not need to be on your fucking dick the whole time like my jaw gets sore i want to check my phone like get some water and nobody wants to be on set with you while you're just stroking yourself while i'm trying to have a conversation no. about like the sports or whatever the fuck we want to talk about that's i've been on enough sets where it's just like hey what's going on man yeah cool well and nobody wants to like delay filming because you can't get your deck hard like that's just I, I, like i i'll get i'll for a while i'm very forgiving like i won't get mad about it i'll be totally fine for quite a while but like i'll hit a tipping point where i'm like i want to go home i have a dog she needs to go out so like let's get this show on the road please well speaking about long days on porn now that ab5 pass how do you feel about the legally performers are going to have to be employees yeah man it it's it's well intentioned i get it for like because it's intention for like uber and lyft drivers. it's shitty for them too yeah it's it sucks it sucks i mean it's the same thing with strippers like they made strippers employees and like well they did that last year yeah they did that last year and like half of the strippers in la quit or just yeah, they just fucking fly to Vegas. Yeah, yeah, or yeah, they go to Vegas. Yeah, it's it's just it's one of those things. Like, it's an industry that's like populated by people that very purposely did not want to have like a quote unquote job that wanted to like they want to be freelance gig people. Like that's the kind of attitude this like the sentiment behind it. So like don't I I understand like wanting us to have benefits. I do think there's things important that need to change um, about the way performers are treated. But like that is not the way to do it. Well, and what's shit-tastic about it is. Legally, as an employee, you can't write off your press on nails anymore. You're testing. Mm -hmm. But also legally, employers are supposed to pay that now. Oh. Yep. That's going to be interesting. And they're not going to pay that. Do you know how much it costs for me to do my hair? It's like $400. They're not going to fucking pay for that shit. And legally, they have yeah. to. And now they're, they, it's like everyone's going to payroll, too. But like, it's not a standard two-week payroll. Like I get checks at random fucking times. Like, I have to, like, text people. And, too, you never know, like, because, I mean, the way profit margins are in porn, too. Like, obviously, like, for bigger companies, I'm like, I trust. Like, you're going to pay me. 
Like if it's like kink or like bras or something, I'm like you're definitely going to pay me. But it's kind of up in the air of like, are you? When you? Like when are you? Maybe. Well, and the fucked up part was legally they have to post when paydays are. Yeah. But so, they don't tell us. I mean, but they legally have to. Yeah, but they want they don't, and we have like almost no recourse to be able to do anything about it. Well, legally you do, but we yeah. all know the reality of what happens when you start taking legal recourse against production. Absolutely, you're, you're not going to work anymore. So yeah. it's like, yeah, like I've I've had to like email people where it's like, hey, I worked for you uh, a month ago, and you owe me like two grand. Could you maybe? And I'm literally just be like, can you give me a time frame on when I should expect it? Because you know I have bills, I need to know. Well, and the, here's the other fun part is I don't know exactly how this works, but in California, when you legally separate from an employer, there's penalties on – they legally have to have you, give you your check on your last day. And if you're self-terminating and give them more than 72 hours notice, they have to have it on your last day. If they fire you mm-hmm. or lay you off, they have to hand it to you on your last day. Yeah. And there's a full day's pay penalty for every day that they're late up to a month. Wow. That could really fuck. But yeah, it, it just it creates this whole problem. I mean, it, it's almost like going to push the industry again, like out of California, which or underground again or under. Yeah. And it, it is going so much further underground. And I've, I've heard that from a lot of veteran performers, too, that like compared to when they came in the industry, like not not even 10 years ago, that it's so much different. Um, and, you know, too, I mean, it, it's an industry where people kind of come and go it's like you said people can be here one minute and the shelf life i think the average career of like a female porn performer is less than like three or four months yeah it's somewhere between three and six i believe yeah. i've been around for like 10 years and yeah people i were big names that i was working with when i started in the industry long gone yeah i've had friends where i'm like i like one day just their twitter was just gone and i never heard from them again like you can't get too attached to people because they just they'll disappear yeah they'll shoot out They'll get in a relationship with someone who doesn't approve and then be like, poof. Yep. And they're just gone. And you're like, okay, like, uh, you can't, yeah, you can't make too good of friends because you'll just, you know, uh, they'll just go. Hopefully with some of them, you make connections where it's like, we're friends away from porn. We use our real names. Right. Yeah. I have a couple of really good friends in, uh, in the industry that I know from the industry that, yeah, are like that where I'm like, okay, we're, we're absolutely friends outside of this. Um, but yeah, you don't have a lot of, I, I also don't go to a lot of porn stuff anymore. I just don't like, it's not, I like my job. I like what I get to do. Um, but I don't really fit in with a lot of porn people. We just don't have much in common and that's totally fine. It's nothing against them. Um, they're not people that I would, you know, they're like coworkers. Like nobody like goes and wants to like hang out with Linda from accounting at night. Like normal people don't like I, that's very much how I view her. I'm like, we're coworkers. I enjoy working with you. I, I don't want to hang out with you on my off time. Yeah, you have shit taste in music. And yeah, right. Like you and, and like, I don't. Yeah, I don't want to go see Cardi B. And like, I don't fucking, you know, like I don't I don't go to clubs. I don't want to fucking go to One Oak. Do not invite me to One Oak. I don't want to go to that shit. <laughs> like, please don't. Um, no, you just got to find your tribe. It's like. There, yeah. there's definitely some performers like I've gone to comedy shows with I've there's mm-hmm. gone to there's a handful of us that are into metal so it's like you know mm-hmm. go to metal shows but the majority of people is like, like oh we have really nothing in common yeah and that's yeah the majority I feel like I'm like we really don't and and we can get along and that's totally fine you can get along with people we don't have anything in common with but yeah I don't like but there's a group of us that will go to like I'm sure you know like Mike Quasar and we'll go to his band's shows and that's really fun and there's a group I also hang out with uh, I, I'm 25 I still get cast as a teen like the most of the time 
Um, because I, you know, I take natural breasts. I take good care of my skin. Yeah. Um, the minute you got fakes, it'd be like I'm a milf. Exactly. But I hang out with mostly milfs just because I get along with them a little bit better. Like I don't have anything. In, I'm 25. I don't have anything in common with an 18 year old. Nothing. Like I wouldn't. No. Like not at all. Do people that were born after 9 11 can do porn? I've banged people who think about 9 11 the way that I think about the Berlin Wall. Like but, that to me is fucking. Which makes me feel fucking super old. Ancient. Ancient. I was in a bar on 9-11. Yeah. I I mean, I was in like second grade, but like still, like I remember it. Well, I talk about this all the time. They're like, that should be my litmus test of should I, should I date you? Where were you on 9-11? Oh, my parents were taking me to school. I should not date you. Doesn't mean I won't have sex with you, but I should not date you. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm a little bit of an older soul, but like, you know, yeah, it's, it's just one of those things you don't like. And to like, I mean, and I like, I see this so clearly now, which I did not say when I was, I mean, when I was 18, I was in college. So like, it's very, obviously a very different kind of ballpark, but like, Asian girls don't fucking listen. They don't want your advice. <laughs> no, not shit. at all. You can tell them over and over again, like, man, save your money, man, you got to do this, do this, but they don't give a shit. They know everything. Oh, there's plenty of people that are in their mid twenties. Yeah. You know, when I got in back in the day, there was a couple pretty big performers I used to you know work with, hang out with like. So what's your long term plan? And they look at me like I was speaking another language. Like you're gonna get behind the camera. What? What do you? What's your plan? And just blank stares. Like what do you mean? This isn't ever gonna end. What? Right. Uh, I hate to break it to you. You have a shelf life in this biz. Yeah, and it's it's short. Like it's gonna end, and you have to be prepared for it to end. Like ideally, you want to be able to. In my eyes, there are people. Yeah, that stay in the industry forever. That this is like that. This but not everyone's thing. fucking Lisa Ann. Not everyone's exactly, exactly. Not everyone's Lisa Ann. Like kudos to Lisa Ann. I've worked with her and she's fantastic. She's a really, really nice person to work with. I learned a lot from working with her. Um, yeah, not everybody's Angela White. Like yeah. there is it, it's and it is inspiring you need to work with people who just love what they're doing, but not everyone is like that. But also people like Lisa Ann and Angela White are workaholics. Yeah, they work all the time. And they're yeah, they're clearly I mean, I shot a scene with Angela White where we were uh, we shot this like three girl scene in a warehouse uh, in like Chatsworth. I mean, it was not a comfortable place to bang. We were there for a very, very long time. I think we were there for 10 plus hours. And she shot another scene after that. I was like, I did like a cameo in the next scene and I was fucking exhausted. It's like 11 o'clock at night. I was so tired. I could barely get my lines. And she's just like, let's go, let's go, let's got it. I'm, got a, this. I'm amazed she wasn't editing things in between scenes. Yeah, she's amazing. She just, she's like a workhorse and it's incredible. But most people aren't like that. No, most people did not get into this business to work super long hours and put in a ton of work. No, most people got, at least for me, I got in the, like, this industry for the opposite reason of that. Like, I really like that I only have to work three days a month to pay all my bills. That's fucking the titties. Like, that's great. I have a ton of time to do other shit. Like, I always, especially like I joke with my comedy friends, like, this is the greatest fucking day job to have if you want to do comedy. Because I only have to work three days a month. I don't have to go to a fucking office. I can stay out at a mic till two three o'clock in the morning and you get endless material from it and endless material yeah it's and it gives you a one-up and i will like i uh i was talking to a comedy friend about this the other day like i'm very cognizant like i've gotten opportunities especially in comedy that i would not get if i wasn't who i was and if i didn't look the way i look um and i'm really aware of that i try to and it's very important for me like any opportunity i get even if it's like a privilege, I try to be good enough that I deserve it regardless of the circumstances that I got it under. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's great for that. But it, yeah, it's not forever. You have to want to do something else. And it, again, it's a really fun way to spend your 20s. You make a lot of money. You get to travel. You have a lot of time off. You can sleep in. Um, 
but at the end of the day, you know, you're everyone's going somewhere. So you have to kind of decide. Yeah, you have to decide, like, do I want to be behind the camera one day? Do I want to transition to mm-hmm. a nine to five at some point? Do you want to be killing it in stand up mm-hmm. by then? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Do I, you know, like for me personally, like I, I want to be a writer. I've wanted to be a writer since I was like six years old. Um, I'm working on a book right now. And so, you know, I'm, I'm trying to do that. So for me, like porn is kind of like the it's like the ultimate day job, really. Um, it's a lot of fun. I really enjoy it. I feel like I'm fairly good at it. Um, and it, it gives me the time and the opportunities to pursue other stuff that I love. And I, I think that's a really good way to look at it. Hell yeah. And yeah. What's the book about, by the way? Uh, it is, it's about porn. Uh, it's kind of a, it's a combination kind of like memoir. It's so, sort of like an essay collection where basically I just kind of weeded out, like took different topics that I think are important or interesting to people um, that people should know about. And I'm trying to break it. I'm trying to have like porn not be sexy. I so really... this is one of the chapters, everyone you masturbate to has herpes. <laughs> right. I, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, that's true. That's true. But it is, it's just, this is what, th- like, this is what this job is. Like, I really, I'm very passionate about like demystifying sex work as it like, cause when I really do look at it, I'm like, I just have a job. Like I, I really do. I get, uh, I don't want to say it upset, but like, I don't like it when people like look at me as like, Oh, like you're definitely like down a clown. Like you're going to, I'm definitely going to bang you like all this shit just because of your job. I'm like, no, it's, it's a job at the end of the day. Like it's a job. I take it seriously. You expect the mechanic to just fix your fucking car for you. Exactly. So it's a lot of stuff about that. And it's a lot of stuff about too. Cause I'm, I'm very interested in the way that like uh, technology and like data changes industries, changes like business in general. Cause I think that's true of, Oh, this business a lot. This, Yeah. And porn tends to be like five years ahead of where mainstream media is in terms of like monetizing content, um, in terms of like the way the way that we make money too, especially with like Pornhub, we tend to be a little further along. And you see that now, especially with like a lot of streaming stuff. But we weren't for a while there. Like Pornhub absolutely was just stealing from people and didn't go to the YouTube model till fairly recently. It did. And I mean... When I look at it too, and like, uh, like I'm sure you've listened to like the Butterfly Effect by John Ronson, which is a great, great resource for that. Um, but when you look at it, like Pornhub came in and just decimated the industry because it filled a void that was really easily fillable. I mean, any good business person could have looked at that and been like, "Holy shit, this is a gold mine." Well, um, it's but it's not an unethical gold mine. Yeah, and it the is. problem is, unlike the RIA, unlike movies, mainstream mm-hmm. movies. No one in Congress was going to fight for porn's rights. Exactly. Exactly. But we should because, I mean, porn's rights, especially when we talk about like porn on the Internet, is so tied to like net neutrality. It's so tied to free speech. Well, net neutrality is dead already. I know. And if Kamala Harris has her way, it'll be dead forever. Um, (laughs) But uh, but yeah, I mean, these are important issues. And I think porn is a really, really interesting case study to to look at a lot of other issues that impact other kinds of media as well. Well, Honestly, because Pornhub eventually got into distributing their own content, yes. too, is essentially laying down the ne- groundwork for how Netflix is eventually going to completely operate. Exactly. We're like, oh, yeah, we make all our own content, and then we can choose to put other, our competitors' content on the front page or not. Exactly. And I have to say, like, I, I'm not I'm not anti-Pornhub, especially because I came into the industry well after it was established. Um, they send me a check every month, and I appreciate it. I probably make more money on Pornhub than I do on any other site, just strictly because of traffic. Well, at this point, it's just reparations. Yeah, it, it's it's royalties. It's the closest thing that, and, and I will actually say that is that uh, people in porn prior to that were never going to get royalties. Fuck no, they weren't. No, so I, I consider you know 
the the money that I get from Pornhub every month to be kind of royalties. I get 5% ad revenue share on everything that I post and I can post as much shit as I want. I post like stupid, I'll post like a three minute clip of like behind the scenes, it's nothing. But I make, every video I make, you know, I make 20 to $50 a month on that video. To me, you know, that's royalties. I'm happy with that. No, that's awesome yeah. and well and good mm-hmm. this day and age. But we can't just blindly turn away and be like, hey, you guys did decimate the fucking industry. They absolutely did, yeah. And they flat out stole people's content. Yeah, absolutely. I will say it has gotten a lot better. And they uh, they do like especially there because I tell people this all the time, like especially new performers. I'm like, you got to get on Pornhub Premium. You got to their their interface is fucking great. It takes me I can put up three videos on Pornhub in the time it takes me to upload one to a different site. It's very, very easy to use. Their customer service is fantastic. Every time I've had to email them about any issue I've had with my account, they're right there. Um, so I do appreciate that. And yeah, my checks come in. I never, I'm never concerned about whether or not I'm, they're going to pay me, which is a concern with a lot of other uh, content sites that people use. Um, I'm not concerned they're going to go away anytime soon. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's pros and cons. I figure, you know, this is the state of the industry where we're at now. So, you know, we either work with it or we work against oh, it. Oh, I'm not saying don't yeah. work. I'm not saying, oh, God, boycott Pornhub. <laughs> no, make your fucking money any yeah. way you fucking can. Mm-hmm. But. I can agree the original. Like the, I'm glad that they've shifted um, into, you know, into more where it is now. But I agree that the original business uh, model was, was mean, exploitive. For, it, and for fuck's sake, even a couple of years ago, RedTube, which is the only sister site, if you sent a copyright violation to them, they were doxing people. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's fairly recent still. Go in and make your money. Just don't be blind. To yeah, absolutely. The- absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I think that's true of porn in general. And I think that's true of almost any industry is that like, because I tell people all the time is that uh, porn does have this kind of mystique around it. But the truth is that there are great people and there are shitty people in every single industry. It's true of finance. It's true of media. It's true of entertainment. Any, any industry you're in. There's going to be great people and there's going to be shitty people. Um, porn is no different than that. You know, there's there's people that I count as very good friends in the porn industry. There's people I really admire and look up to in the porn industry. And there's people that I think are human scum. I mean, that's true of anything. Oh, definitely. Yeah. As I said, been around 10 years. I've yeah. seen it all. <laughs> I've seen it all. I've seen some horrible fucking people. I've seen some horrible fucking hypocrites. I've seen some really great people, you know, get chewed up and spat out. Yep. Yeah, you know, a lot of people I consider friends had a hard, have had a hard time of it. Mm-hmm. I'm also a big proponent of, uh, and, and like this a little bit of segue. I'm a big proponent of raising the shooting age to 21. Um, I totally agree with that. I I get it, like why I, it's never going to happen, but I'm a really big fan of of that idea. I don't think you like. I was a fucking idiot when I was 18. And if you're 18 and you don't think you're a fucking idiot, you're wrong. I'm so sorry. Now the and question is, do you think you weren't an idiot at 21? I was less of an idiot for sure, for sure. Because you, you know, you need to be able to, you need to be out of school. You need to have a real job for a couple of years to decide that you hate it and you want to do something else. Um, you need to, you know, you need to have a little bit of life experience on your back. You have to understand that, you know, the world is not inherently good. People are gonna screw you over. You have to have that kind of street smarts. Well, getting in at eighteen will definitely teach you that, right? And I mean, there are eighteen-year-olds that that do have that knowledge, and are and I've definitely met eighteen-year-olds that were so wise beyond their years, but they're such a small minority. Um, I I think raising the shooting age would would solve a myriad of problems that we run into. I don't know if it would. I I, I don't know if people that would get in at twenty-one are going to be any more street smart than they were at eighteen. 
I don't know. They might. I'm not saying you're yeah. wrong. I'm just saying I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if it would. Because honestly, I don't think I was that different between 18 and 21. Really? I feel like I learned a lot between 18 and 21. I, I definitely learned more. I would say like 22 to like 24, I learned a lot. And then like 25 hit and I was like, okay, like I in the last i yeah I, I literally was just my half birthday yesterday so like i uh yeah 25 hit and i'm like okay i actually am starting to and i'm still trying to figure stuff out i'm still in my 20s i'm still fucking moron sometimes but i definitely have a much better handle on like who i am and what i want and and the ways to navigate the world i, I definitely thought i had the world by the balls at 18 i thought i had the world <laughs> by the balls at 21 like it's crazy in my mid to late 20s how much more life experience i got and Mm -hmm. how much more things changed and a lot of it had to get had to do with me getting involved in the porn industry yeah a lot of things a lot of misconceptions i had were there until i actively started working in the industry Mm -hmm. and if you're a 21 year old who's not exposed to the industry there's a lot of things you're not going to learn until you get in anyways absolutely honestly we need more support groups we need more mentorship that's a huge thing for me too is that and and that's a big uh thing in general it's actually a project i'm working on a little bit right now is that nobody teaches you how to do this job this is a job where and, and that's one of the good things about it it is a job where you don't have to have a lot of training or a lot of educational background to make a lot of money which is great because it's that lowers the barrier until some scumbag dude comes to try to take advantage of you exactly so i think you know like because there i mean there are so many aspects of this industry like this job that you would never know um how to handle like down to you know how to pack your shoot bag like how to keep the ph of your vagina like correct like all of these things that like no one is going to tell you you do it really as trial by fire yeah or how to handle your taxes yeah oh my god how to handle your tax how to save your money how to invest how much you should be spending because you know you start getting these big checks and you're like holy shit like i remember the first time i think i made like ten thousand dollars and i was like holy shit i have ten thousand dollars it's fucking fantastic and I was an idiot and I was like 23. So like, you know, if I can be that stupid at 23, imagine what I would have done with that at 18. Well, and I, I, I as I said, I just think it, we just need more mentorship more yeah, than absolutely raising it up to mm-hmm. 21. There's always going to be a market for 18 year olds. I, yeah, I know this sounds predatory as fucking me being like, I'm a proponent of 18 year olds fucking. <laughs> no, I don't. I think it's more with getting people educated. There's no incentive to educate people because they turn over performers so quickly. Exactly. Exactly. And I think that what I really think it needs to be is like a codified system. Like it needs to be like what I feel should happen is when you like sign with an agency in L.A., they should be able to hand you like a handbook like or a link, whatever, where it's like this is all of the shit you need to know. And if you're not willing to like read that and do the bare minimum of homework, then you probably shouldn't be here anyways. But if you're willing to like, because it's not hard. These things aren't hard. It's just that they're not accessible. And so I think making them accessible, that is a big passion project for me because like that makes everybody's lives easier. It makes it's easier for agents. It's easier for directors. It's easier for performers. Yeah. It's, it's like, oh, hey, someone who's educated is probably going to show up on time, be yeah. ready to work. Mm-hmm. They're going to know what they need to bring. They're going to know what to expect. They're going to know. And not only that, but they're going to know how to advocate for themselves on set, which is a huge thing. Um, you know, I've just had in the last like, couple of weeks, I've had a couple of scenes where I had to send a, a scene partner home because they didn't have a valid test uh, or they showed up with, you know, some sort of like skin condition. And I needed to be able to speak up and say, I'm not willing to work with you. This is dangerous. This I is don't want ringworm. I, yeah, exactly. Like, I don't want a fucking yeast infection. You need to go to the doctor. Um, 
And but to be able to say, I mean, that's it's a high pressure environment. Your check is on the line. You haven't been paid yet. So the ability to speak up for yourself in a way that is constructive, in a way that works with other people um, is a huge, huge asset in this industry that most people don't have. But first of all, every performer has the right and the responsibility really too to demand a safe work environment. And there's a way to demand that that is healthy and constructive and and is not going to get you canceled from scenes. I agree. And also, so many performers aren't aware that if you're signed with a licensed agency, they have to provide you workers' comp. Yeah, absolutely. So many people don't know that. Yeah. Yeah. I've told that to a lot of performers and they look at me like, what? My agent has to what? Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, if your set's underinsured, your agent has to provide you with workers' comp insurance. So if you get injured on a set or something fucking happens where you can't work, you should be filing a claim with your agent's workers' comp insurance. Yeah, absolutely. One, not only that, but like how to talk to your agent, like your agent. So because there's this I think there's this weird cognitive dissonance with a lot of performers where some people are like, well, my agent works for me and fuck you. And some people are like, well, I'll do whatever my agent says. And it's really a middle ground between those. I look at I, I really like my agent. Shout out Mark ATMLA. I love you. You have ruined Mark, Sandra, Gina, Danny. You guys are all great. Um, and one of the things I really love about my agency is that they very much have that kind of as a a standard of the way they work with performers. It's it's not really a you or me thing. It's a we are collaborating and we're working together. So if I have a problem, I just take it to my agent. I'm like, look, I think we need to address this. Let's talk about it. How can we fix this for both you and me? How can this work for both of us? That's the way to handle that situation. Not getting mad, not, you know, throwing a fit. Well, throwing a fit never solves anything. Never solves anything. And it makes you look crazy. And not taking it to social media. That's not how you handle these things. No, putting someone on blast is going to do nothing but get you fucking black. Exactly. So, like, in those instances where, you know, I had, you know, I was, like, a performer that, you know, didn't have a test or had, like, a symptom of something. You know, I brought it to my agent. I was like, look, this is what happened. Um, This is how I handle it. Uh, you know, in, in some cases I need to be like, I need you to contact this person's agent because they should not be shooting. Um, or, you know, like I need you to back me up on this. And they've always backed me up on that. And I really appreciate it. Well, that. I've definitely heard horror stories about, mm-hmm. you know, people showing up with obvious symptoms mm-hmm. and people just calling their agent like, yo, this is the problem. You're my agent. Fucking deal with this. Yeah. I mean, that's that and is, that's what it should be. Exactly. At the end of the day, that is why I pay them quite a bit of money um, is to handle those things for me. Um, and then they're, you know, happy to do that. And but if they're not, find a new agent. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, I, I think, too, like, especially important, I think I've never like felt this more strongly, but like you teach people how to treat you. So if you come into something, you know, being irrational, being really upset, all this stuff. And I, I get it, too, because I get really upset sometimes. Um, but if you really, you know, try to handle things in a responsible way, in a healthy way, in a communicative way. Um, people will treat you that way. You know, I've never, and I, I just posted something on Twitter a couple of days ago where I was like, if you show up to set with symptoms of anything, anything less than hundred percent healthy, you're unsafe, you're irresponsible and you don't belong in this industry. And I had a shocking number of performers come out defending going to set sick or with an illness because they said, you know, I can't lose bookings. Um, it's going to impact da, 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 da. I've never had that happen. I have canceled scenes because I was sick and I've I've given if, as long as you have plenty of notice because no one develops pneumonia symptoms 20 minutes before call time. That's the reality. And I and we knew this when I was a PA too when I was working behind the scenes that this was not like we know who's faking. We know who's being serious. Give notice. Get a doctor's note if you need to. 
communicate with everybody. I've had to cancel scenes for a number of companies because I was sick and I've never not been rebooked. That's awesome. Yeah. That's yeah. handling it properly. Because mm-hmm. I've definitely heard horror stories of people canceling last minute, being like, I'm sick. And the person on the phone just didn't be like, they're probably having a herpes outbreak. And just. Yeah. But even be, if you are. Uh, yeah. That communicate. It, yeah, communicate. Yeah. No one in this industry expects you not to have a herpes outbreak occasionally. No. I mean, I hope you're taking your Valtrex. You know, right. go get on your like cycle van. Like, treat Dr. it. Dr. Riggs. Yeah, treat it. Like, stay on it. Um, but it happens to the best of us. And we would all much rather you not show up to set with that because they're going to send you home anyways. And getting sent home from set is so much worse. Because then they're calling people last minute to try to book them. Exactly. And- like, I, I've never canceled a scene because I was sick less than like 24 hours notice. Because, you know, 24 hours before, you probably know, barring like very, very specific circumstances, if you're sick, you know you're sick more than 20 minutes before you're seen. You right. do. Just be responsible. Tell them. And if you do that, they will. I've had directors thank me like for being like, you know, thank you for being responsible. I'm going to I'm sorry that you had to cancel the scene. I'm going to book you in two weeks. Um, They appreciate that. It's it, this is not rocket science. No, as long as you don't make them have to have a last minute scramble to replace you. Yeah, they're cool. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. As long as and even 24 hours is plenty of notice. Like I said, I get last minute bookings all the time. That 24 hours is plenty of notice. And I'm sure plenty of people are book you often because like, oh, we can call Kate last minute and she'll show up. Exactly. Yeah. And I've gotten some of my best scenes last minute because I was available and because I'm responsible. And I mean, I, we're drinking now, but I try not to drink too much. Uh, and uh, You haven't drank that much. Yeah. You know, well, I mean, I try to be able to show up for work the next day and be responsible. So, uh, but yeah, people know that. And again, it is your reputation in the industry. And, and people will say, well, you get a reputation as being a flake if you cancel um yeah if you do it 15 minutes before yeah, you're you supposed to show 15 minutes, or I, after you were supposed to be there or after i had a girl call me one time uh when i was working uh behind the scenes and i was actually doing a scene that day. i was doing a live show this girl calls me we were flying her up to portland uh her flight was at i think 6 a.m she calls me at 5 30 in the morning and is like i'm sick i can't go to lax like i'm sick and i literally was just like first of all i'm not the talent booker why the fuck are you calling me Second of all, like, I, I'm about to do a really hardcore scene in a few hours. Like, why are you calling me? Absolutely not. And also, I'm like, I'm looking at your Twitter feed. Like, you were out at a concert. You were at a fucking rave last night. You're not sick. You're rolling. It's not the same thing. Like, you don't do that shit. I, I get it's fun. But, like, if I want to go to, like, something big like that, like, if I have, you know, a really big show or something, I take the day off. I tell my agent, I'm like, hey, don't book me tomorrow. You know, I'm going to go get wasted with my friends until 3 a.m., because, you know, I'm a person and I like to do that sometimes. Exactly. I'm not available tomorrow because I'm going to do that. And then I'm going to go sleep in and fucking order a breakfast burrito. Like, I, that's what I'm going to do. Assuming Instacart lets you. Yeah. <laughs> well, Postmates still lets me, you know. So. Fuck Postmates. Uh, Fuck them. Really? I hate Postmates. Oh, man. I, I use Postmates all the time. They're the Postmates. fucking devil. Really? I mean, they do kind of suck. Like, sometimes my coffee gets here and it's cold, but whatever. Well, here here's why I fucking hate Postmates. So... Order a pizza from them. Mm-hmm. And at this point, I'm paying for the unlimited free delivery a month. Pizza fucking shows an hour and a half late and cold. Mm-hmm. I complain. Initially, they're like, that sucks. Like, no compensation, nothing. Yeah. Like, that's all you're going to do for me? They're like, well, here's a $3 credit. Oh, uh, what the fuck? I'm like, okay, that's something. I'm still angry, but that's something. Yeah. I go to use the $3 credit next time I order. It was a $3 delivery credit for someone who has unlimited free delivery. 
Oh, fuck that. Fuck that noise. I canceled on the spot, deleted the app. Fuck them. <laughs> fuck Postmates. Fuck Postmates. Also, it's 8.30, so we probably got to wrap. Yeah, we got to uh, wrap. Like, we both have hard outs. This was really fun. Though. Yeah, we got to do this blast. again. It was a great... Yeah, absolutely. I'm super down. Again, I live five minutes away from you. Well, so. then we'll do it again soon. Yeah. In the short term, Kate, where can they find you on social media? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Kate Kennedy XXX. All of my premium links are uh, pinned in my pinned tweet for my, you know, OnlyFans and many vids and Pornhub Premium, all that shit. Um, I'm not on Instagram because I was banned. Uh, best day of my life. Honestly, such a such a fucking weight off my shoulders. I don't really. So many less dick pics. Dude, honestly, I just I don't like Instagram. I don't often I, I'm never doing something that looks that cool. And I usually don't look that good. So I was really, very relieved to not have to photograph my life to that extent. Uh, so, yeah, you can find me on Twitter. I'm super funny on there. I'm, I'm about to have I'm, I'm really close to 45,000 followers. Which means it's probably I say that I'm gonna jinx myself. It's gonna take me like three months to get. There. Or you're gonna get banned. No, I'm not. I'm not getting banned. I'm not getting banned. I'm. I'm very like most of my Twitter content is a lot of. It's a lot of comedy. I mean, I retweet my stuff, but yeah, my jokes. You got any times you're gonna be on stage in LA in the next couple of weeks? This should be a couple of weeks out. Uh, I don't have any upcoming shows except for this one coming up this week, which it won't be out in time. So sorry, it's okay. Hopefully, uh, I will. I mean, I always post my shows on my Twitter, so I always publicize them. And yeah, go CK do comedy. Fire a Jameson or two. I yeah, please do. I appreciate that. I'm about to go do comedy right now. This has been great warm up. Well, happy to help. <laughs> well, and until next week you know where you can find me you can find me at matt underscore slayer on twitter matt slayer on instagram matt f and slayer on facebook you can find the podcast at and now we drink on twitter and now we drink underscore on instagram until next week drink up motherfuckers